Drama City Productions presets. Immersion Rig now online. Welcome nerd. Now generating episode 82. Featuring horror, comics, movies, wrestling. Full immersion begins in three, two, one. Hey, this is Christian. Hey, this is Damon. And this is the Amazing Nerd Show. So this week, did you see that story? Um, some of the writers from Endgame were saying that there was actually a scene or actually there was thoughts of doing something where they had Thanos kill Captain America in the very beginning of Endgame yes. and then walk around for the entire movie with his fucking head like in a sack or something. I, like, <laughs> I didn't read the article, but I did see that. I was like, like what? I mean, I'm all for it. <laughs> but what a different movie that would uh-huh. be, you know? And how traumatizing would that be for children? Man. To see them, like, like that was, like, it. flinging, like, cat's head at people. That's some fucked up shit. Like, what I, would they have done instead, then, for, like, um, for um, Endgame? Like, what do you mean? What's the time, like, is it just the rest of the team doing time travel stuff while... Thanos is walking around with yeah, his Yeah, I have no idea. I don't know if this is, a, like, maybe the original ending or beginning didn't happen where they confront Thanos, you know, at mm-hmm. his hut. And then, you know, Thor basically cuts off his head. Um, I'm not sure. I'm not sure exactly how that... I mean, it was obviously a much different movie at mm-hmm. that point. But I was like, man, I kind of want to see that cut. <laughs> <laughs> Does that make me a bad person? Because, um, yeah, there really does open up a lot of questions. Like, where the hell, like, so is there no cap at this? Like, do they go and get, like, a Captain America from the past or mm. something, you know? I bet they played around with that a lot, though. Like, oh, we'll pull characters from different time periods. Mm. And... They could, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. And that's, we were kind of speculating on them doing that. Like, maybe Cap would die in the very beginning and rally the troops. So. I'm still happy with how it turned oh, out. Oh, absolutely. So. <laughs> <laughs> I'm fine, but, you know, I, I wouldn't mind... Like like getting a deleted scene or something, mm. you know, maybe Thanos with his head in a sack, you know, flinging it at Iron Man, you know, see a lot what of people, you did. There's a lot of people Stark. putting out uh, petitions to get some of those deleted scenes put into the actual film. Oh, uh, the one where they're like kneeling? Yes. Is that the one? That one, and then there was another one with like Doctor Strange. The kneeling one was okay, mm. but like at the same time, you didn't kneel for anyone else, so... It's a bit much. True. I'm I'm okay with the jump to the funeral, so I don't need to see everyone like mourning on the battlefield. Yeah, it was perfectly fine the way. So it was. you know, I think to, it was nice to see Gamora like sneak off, but a lot of people, so a lot of people were confused about that. A lot of people were like, "Well, did Gamora get snapped up by Iron Man?" Mm. I was like, "Well, that would be heartbreaking if you know <laughs> Star Lord, you know, was obviously after the movie in the epilogue going to hunt for her." You know, if, you know, she actually just got dusted. Mm. That kind of ruins Guardians 3, like, completely. So, I, I just assumed that she, like, kind of scurried away at the end. But, you know, everyone needs to know every single fucking thing at this point. You know? And they've been releasing those those um, deleted scenes, like, left and right. Mm. 
I was like, this is interesting that they're. I just feel like there's a lot like of that happening. It's like people are going to buy this. Like you know that, right? Like you don't have to worry about it. You well, that's probably bastards. why they don't feel bad about doing it. They're like, yeah, oh, maybe. they're going to buy like, it. Anyway. Here, throw it out there. <laughs> You guys are in the bag for this, so mm. whatever. We were, we already have your money at this point. Yes. A lot of it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, man. Well, let's talk some news. Uh, but before we talk news, make sure you go ahead and subscribe, rate, and review on your favorite podcast platforms, especially iTunes. Um, means a lot for a show yes. like us. Um, tell a friend even, okay? So uh, let's move on to the news. Yes. Uh, first up, we have Andy Circus directing Venom 2. Possibly. Possibly. There's a strong rumor right now. Um, so I guess he he's in the hat of contenders. Um, makes sense, you know, with all the CGI mm-hmm. work and the mocap work that's going to be on the film to have someone so experienced in it. Um, he did direct a film. Um, I think it's his only feature on Netflix yes. this past year. I can't think of the name of it. I want to say Mowai for some Mowgli reason. Mowgli or something. Mowgli. Like that. So he has some, you know, directing experience. Mm-hmm. But um, you know, it, it, I think it's kind of cool to see him, like you know, open up his game. It, it, it feels like it would definitely be in his wheelhouse. No, he's got a great mind for film. Just in general, seeing his interviews and um, backstory. I still can't so. believe the guy has won an Oscar yet. Yeah, for, for all <laughs> I know it's probably just like something with Hollywood having to get over. You know mocap actors and mm. like that but he's like the best out times are changing some of those performances he will i think he'll eventually win mm. something you know or maybe he'll be one of those like honorable ones at the end of his career but i mean jesus christ man does this make you any more excited for venom no <laughs> <laughs> i mean the only thing that's going to get me excited for venom if they introduce peter parker and they just pretend the last movie didn't happen if you just give me a reboot you know, a soft reboot of the whole fucking thing. Keep Tom Hardy. I'm mm-hmm. cool with that. He's a fantastic actor. But, you know, that's the only way I'm going to get excited for Venom. Do you think they're willing to do that even though the first one was more successful than anyone thought it would be? I don't think people... I mean, because it, was, it wasn't it was successful because of the story. No. So, I, you know, and it was critically panned by a lot of, like, hardcore comic fans and a lot of critics, obviously. So, um, I... I don't know. I think people would be just like, whatever. Like, especially if you give them like, oh, we're going to introduce them to kind of like the MCU proper, mm-hmm. you know, by throwing, you know, uh, Peter Parker in there and give him his right, his, you know, his rightful like origin story. I don't see why people would be upset. I still don't think they're going to go with the Peter Like, Max. I love Evil Dead, mm-hmm. but I, I, I worship Evil Dead too. You know, it's basically a reboot or a remake yeah. of that movie. So same premise and everything like that. I'm just gonna assume that they're going. If they were to like do a reboot, it'd probably be in the vein of what they're doing with um, uh, Suicide Squad too, where it's just kind of like, yeah, we have the same actors and feel, but yeah, we're not gonna mention She Venom yeah. or the Rocket <laughs> and yeah, the Lobster Tank. We're uh-huh. just gonna pretend that didn't happen. So, but the Andy Circus thing does have legs, I guess. Just today, he um, posted a picture. Uh, Tom Hardy posted a picture of Andy Circus on his Instagram. So it feels like it might be a done deal at this point. So we shall see. But anyway, I'm surprised that uh, they didn't get, and I can't think of the director's name, uh, the guy from Zombieland who directed uh, the first one. Maybe he was too busy working on Zombieland too. Maybe. I don't, I don't know. Because, I mean, 
it just feels like, especially with Woody Harrelson, mm-hmm. you know, obviously part of, you know, Venom 2, maybe, we'll see, where they choose to go, but, um, you know, he's obviously good friends with the director and everything, so I was surprised they didn't go that route. I would be so happy if they Especially with the how brakes. successful the movie was. Yes. I'd be happy if they pumped the brakes on Carnage. Give it, give him a little bit of time to... Well, especially after that fucking wig yes. that they have. What are you wearing? It's like, oh my god. Like, Carnage doesn't have to have that hair. <laughs> it's okay. Like, you found, like, the worst fucking, like, spirits, like, you yeah. know, red wig that you could possibly find and just threw it on his head. And, like, it felt like a joke. Mm-hmm. It's like, they, he could just been shaved head. It would have been okay. <laughs> Fans would have accepted that. Because, um, I mean, I think we were all excited about the casting, too, of Woody Harrelson mm-hmm. as Cletus. We're like, oh, that's perfect. You know, we've seen him in Natural Born Killers and everything. He knows how to play that role well, that creepy, you know, serial killer role. So, yeah. that. Oh, it sounded like a perfect marriage of actor and, you know, villain, yeah. but... Yeah, just without the fucking red wig, <laughs> And the cheesy line. It's Oh, God, yes. I forgot. Oh, God. Okay, that's... <laughs> It's coming back like a bad fucking nightmare. Um, All right. So we also had Ryan Reynolds uh, kind of teasing us this week with an Instagram post. He was celebrating the five-year anniversary of the Deadpool footage leak that ended up leading to Deadpool. But uh, he posted a picture of like this board trying to figure out who actually leaked it. You know, all tongue-in-cheek fun. Mm -hmm. But in there, there's like some kind of nod to Phase 5. So everyone kind of like jumped on it. Mm-hmm. You know, there's tons of articles written and everything, you know, is this a clue that, you know, Deadpool is going to be part of Phase 5, which I feel like is probably a no-brainer. Mm-hmm. I mean, you've got Bob Iger out there, you know, the Disney, like, CEO, CEO, like, just praising Deadpool, guaranteeing you a rated R Deadpool. Even when they made the formal announcement after the merger was complete, like, Deadpool was, like, one of the fucking, like, stills that they used, you know, on the main title page. So I don't see how this isn't happening, you know, in the next like three or four years. I mean, it goes along with the whole, um, like they were teasing mutants for phase five and stuff Mm -hmm. like that and going to the future. Yeah. I'm sure they're probably like, you know, putting him in that category. Mm -hmm. So even though he's not technically mutant. There's been slight whispers here and there for like who they would want to direct for Deadpool, and that uh, one of the big ones that have come out so far would be Taika Waititi. Well, they just want him to direct everything. Yeah. It seems like. <laughs> Any character with a comedic element, they're like, no, give it to Taika. You know? mm-hmm. um, I was okay with David Leitch. You know, mm-hmm. what, what he did with part two. I didn't think it was bad. It was terrible, though. No, it wasn't. <laughs> <laughs> I would love for them to get Tim Miller back. Mm-hmm. If they could finally like work that. And I know it was like creative differences. That's why he like parted from the project, but they could come to like some kind of you know understanding or you know whatever was separating them originally. I wouldn't mind that. It sounded like it was more of a studio thing, too. So um, I don't know. I don't know. But I, Deadpool, like we've discussed before, it, it's such an easy property for them yes. to like you know jump into. They don't have to even reboot anything. Nope. He, he is his own he, living reboot. Well, yeah. Pretty, you, the way 2 ended, <laughs> mm-hmm. you know, with him going back in time, he pretty much, th- that could be like, they could even play off like, that's how the MCU started. You know? <laughs> <laughs> I that's be why this timeline is happening. So, and they already set everything up with alternate realities, mm-hmm. you know, at this point. So, why not, you know? 
people would be like, okay, sure. It's I'll all buy because it. Deadpool fucked everything up. Yeah, it's all like, because of Deadpool. The MCU mm. exists because of Deadpool. How awesome would that be? <laughs> <laughs> um, I just think it's a great concept to keep you know, the X-Men rated R and everything. And I feel like that will bring in a lot more directors interested in the doing X-Men their work. The X-Men rated R? Yeah. You want general. the X-Men to be rated R? I want everything mutant to be rated R. I don't think you're going to get that. I think the X-Men are going to be PG-13. I think I Deadpool is going to be R, mm. but I think the X-Men will be PG-13. I think that's you, your wishful thinking. Me. <laughs> <laughs> I, if they do, I wouldn't, I would still want Wolverine to be rated R if they wanted to continue going forward. I don't know. I don't think it's going to happen. I don't know if he's going to get his own solo movie. To start I feel like with. they'll all get a solo movie. Eventually, mm. maybe somewhere down the line you could do that, but I think you're gonna get a PG 13 version of the X Men to start off. Fair enough. Deadpool, it's more money. Not, as long as Deadpool's rated R, mm-hmm. I'm okay with that. I mean, you want these guys to be able to cross over with the Avengers and it not be jarring like the difference between you know the two franchises. Well, do you think they do a X Force line right off the bat too? No, I think they'll stay off, stay away from X Force for a little bit. Mm. You know, I know it was teased with, you know, Deadpool 2, but I think they could just kind of walk away from that and be all right. You know, well, I'm not, I'm not tying it into that. I'm just saying in general, if they wanted to have, like, an edgier line to go along with everything else. Like a Marvel Max line? Yes, for the MCU, um, I would love to see it. I don't know if they would want to do that right off the bat. I'm um, just thinking but they're, they're going to want to change things up soon. Mm-hmm. I'm assuming, especially with their interest in doing horror with Doctor Strange, I'm wondering if they're they they know that they have a set formula and everything. I would love going to see on. Blade be rated R. Yes, that would be awesome as well. Do you think Blade gets introduced? I know we're down a rabbit hole. <laughs> Do you think Blade gets introduced in Doctor Strange in the next Doctor Strange movie? If they mm-hmm. use that as a catalyst to introduce Blade, and then you wait for him for Phase Five, it's not a bad idea. Since it is a straight horror movie. I just wonder if that's too much going on for that film. Well, it sounds like it's going to be crazy (laughs) because there's also, there are hints at Marvel Zombies. Mm -hmm. You know, with like some of the font that they're using and everything. So that's insane. And we got got a little taste of Marvel Zombies in um, Spider-Man Far From Home Mm -hmm. with Tony coming from the grave. Which was such a badass. Mm -hmm. I can't wait for that movie to come on Blu-ray. So I don't know if it's still in the theaters right now. Oh, it's still running. Is it? Mm -hmm. I really want to, I might catch it again. So. Uh, but yeah, man, I don't know. I don't know. Sky's the limit. You know, they, they can do whatever the fuck they want, honestly. Yes. <laughs> um, I wouldn't mind De- Deadpool as a TV series. No, yeah, that makes sense. You too. know, like do kind of a max series with it where you, you know, you get like 10 episodes, you know, every couple of years or something like that. Mm-hmm. It would totally work. So, um, more Deadpool, the better. Yes. All right. So what else do we have? Oh, we go complete horror right now, news wise. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of horror news, like little horror like news items coming out this week. Um, you know, Halloween Kills. So a lot of people are reporting that Tommy Doyle will be in the next Halloween movie. And the rumor is they actually approached Paul Rudd for the role. So obviously it wouldn't tie into what happened in, mm-hmm. you know, Chris and Michael Myers, but it would be, you know, kind of a reprising of that role. And he's always talked fondly of the role in like past interviews and stuff like that. You know, nerds like us interviewing him oh. always bring it up. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, you know, it sounds like he won't be able to do it, but it's more of a scheduling issue for mm. him. So, but maybe they make it work. 
Who knows? Um, you know. I thought that was a fun little. What Ant Man three news? Nuggets. Like what's what do you mean? What's on Paul Rudd's schedule? Right Ghostbusters. Now? Oh yeah, I'm sure he's doing other things. Yes, yeah, right. <laughs> he's just not waiting for Kevin Foggy to call uh. him. So. <laughs> Do you think we're going to get an Ant-Man 3? I know we're back on the MCU, but <laughs> do you think that's going to be a Phase 5 movie? I, I don't need it. Or we're staying away from it? I feel like if they bring back Ant-Man, it's because of Young Avengers. Yeah. Around that. I could see him as kind of like mm. the, the nanny. <laughs> exactly. You know? Casey kind of goes off and makes some friends, you know? And then she started her own little like superhero team, and Paul Rudd is kind of overseeing it, mm-hmm. you know, poorly. That could be fun. I, <laughs> I like it, Christian. <laughs> Well, write the screenplay, right? Yeah, all right. <laughs> Let's call Foggy. Uh, next up, James Wan is going to be producing a I Know What You Did Last Summer pilot for Amazon. So, um, And it sounds like he might actually be directing an episode of it. So um, this is a series that I wasn't necessarily jonesing. Mm-hmm. I was never for, a big fan of the like, movie. For a movie or a TV mm-hmm. series. I'm interested in seeing like how would you do a TV show based on the premise. Um, I was never a huge fan of the movie. It it was like literally the first copycat, you know, screen movie that came out in that like for that decade. It was I wanna say it was like maybe a year later after Scream. Um, you know, where you got all the, you know, all the young stars mm-hmm. in Hollywood jonesing to be in a slasher film. I think it might even had Kevin Williamson, uh, the original writer of Scream, uh, attached to it somehow. I don't know if he wrote like one of the scripts or something like mm. that. But it's okay. The second one's horrible. I don't even know if there's a third one. But I, I don't know why anyone would want to see a TV series based on that. Well, there, there even is, Scream was horrible as a TV series. Yeah, there is there is a like nostalgia like base group of fans that do well, enjoy I'm, this. Yes, show. I'm sure '90s kids. Oh. You know, but it's just, <laughs> I don't know, not my cup of tea. But I am interested behind James Wan doing it and it being on Amazon. That's quality. You know, mm-hmm. you know that James Wan's doing, so he's not going to attach his name to something that he doesn't believe in, and I trust that guy right now. Um, and Amazon's also trying to get their hands deeper into the streaming market. Because, I mean, while they are big, mm-hmm. they're not huge where well, we Netflix and Hulu you is. Know, yeah. We know right now they got The Boys, which mm-hmm. we're going to talk about later on in the episode. Um, and I know they, they've got The Lord of the Rings. So they spent a lot of money on mm-hmm. The Lord of the Rings. So, um, yeah, they're definitely jumping in headfirst. You know, and right, I mean, they have all the money in the fucking <laughs> world. So why not? Um, I just I was just surprised to see James Wan mm-hmm. be interested in it. I know what you But did he just last. wants to he just loves to work at this point, it he seems. Does. He does. <laughs> well, and that brings us to our next um mm-hmm. story. James Wan is set um to direct an untitled horror film for New Line. So that might be his next project. I like this because, you know, he's been doing bigger projects mm-hmm. and everything like that. It seems like he's trying to also get back to his roots and, you know, give us, you know, an original horror movie you know, film, um, you know, with his, you know, creative, you know, juices flowing and everything like that behind it. So it sounds like it's going, I don't know, I don't know what the premise is or anything like that. It's a pretty broad article, Mm -hmm. but um, it sounds like he's, oh, he's writing the screenplay with Ingrid Bisou. So I'm surprised that he didn't actually have his uh, buddy, uh, Lee Winnell, who's actually, he's directing uh, The Invisible Man. Mm-hmm. That just started to, they just went to production today. They showed the slate on Instagram and everything. 
So, but, you know, I guess he's busy. Yes. You know? <laughs> <laughs> he's got a lot on his plate. So I don't know if he's ever written another horror movie without Lee. I'd have to look that up. So, but, um, yeah, I'm excited for James Wan to be directing horror well, again. Um, do we know if Ingrid Bisu has done anything? Well, she was actually the, uh, one of the actresses in The Nun. She was oh, one okay. of the nuns in the church. So, I don't know if she's written any other screenplays or anything, but, you know, he's working with mm-hmm. her. So, it's good. And it sounds like the movie's supposed to be, like, going to production soon. So, I'm sure okay. we'll be hearing more news, you know, shortly. And it's for New Line, which obviously has strong roots in horror, so it makes perfect sense. No, we, we definitely need, like, new content, not, like, another well, franchise. Well, the last but... horror movie he did was Conjuring 2. Mm-hmm. So that's the last horror movie where he actually directed. It was 2016, so it's been a little bit, you yeah. know. So, but, hey, more horror the better. Yes. All right, so we also got news that Stephen King is going to actually be writing a brand new ending for the Stan series that's going to be on CBS All Access. So um, if you have to rewrite the ending, (laughs) might as well go to the source, Uh right? So uh, it sounds like it's going to be more of an epilogue type deal. Oh, okay. um, But it's going to be like the majority of the last episode. And it is a um, 10-episode season. Man, that's the other, that's the other show that I was talking about last week that's coming up to CBS mm-hmm. All Access. I'm going to end up getting it. <laughs> Son of a bitch. Hopefully they have like a trial period mm-hmm. or something. You know, because I don't know what else is on there. You know, besides like the three shows that I really want to watch. You know, we got Picard. We got the other Star yes. Trek show. Um, um, the Stand, Twilight Zone. Twilight Zone is the words I was trying to put. God damn, man. The streaming uh-huh. wars is real. It's a real thing. <sighs> Do you see the uh, hit Netflix took? No. They took a huge hit this uh, this quarter, I guess. Mm. Like, they lost, like, billions of dollars. So, I don't know if it's just people, like, jumping ship because of the tiers. They, I know they, like, redid yeah, they their tiers um, upping their prices and stuff like or that. Or just, like, people like, well, you know what? I'll just, you know, save up for, you know, Disney Plus or, you know, I got CBS All Access. There's so many different services out there now. They got, like, heavy competition. Mm. You know, Amazon is, like, up in their game big time. Man. <laughs> but, it's, you know what? It's good for us. Because yes. we're just going to keep on getting quality Bad content. for our wallets, but good yes, for us. Exactly. Because <laughs> that it's because everyone's like, cut the cord. But you're basically, if you have ten of these, uh-huh. it's basically Same a direct price. TV. Yeah. <laughs> oh, Jesus Christ. All right. So, while this week was light on news, it was not light on trailers. No, sir. Let's talk some trailers, Christian. Coming soon to theaters. All right, so starting up, we've got The Hunt. Your idea is incredible. I can't argue with that. We pay for everything. So this country belongs to us. It's just business. Hunting human beings for sport. They're not human beings. Every year, a bunch of elites kidnap normal folk like us. Where'd they get you from? Wyoming. Mississippi. Orlando. (laughs) And hunt us for sport. Hurry, hurry, hurry up. So it's true. We're being hunted. Yes, and this is produced by Bloomhouse, directed by Craig Zobel, Zobel. And um, it is written by Damon Lindoff and Nick Cruz, who did The Leftovers. Oh, okay. So, And they're also currently working on the Watchmen series. Mm-hmm. 
Um, yeah, this trailer totally caught me by surprise. Me I think too. I heard a little bit about it like earlier on in this year, but I didn't realize that it was coming out this year. Um, but yeah, it, it was exciting. It, was, it seemed like a quality film. Basically, we have the premise, uh, 12 strangers wake up in a clearing. They don't know where they are or how they got there. They don't know they've been chosen for a very specific pur- purpose, the hunt. It's a premise that we've seen before. Mm. You know, in film and comics, we just read uh, Craven's, the Craven uh, line the from Spider-Man. Yeah. No. Like, was it Last Hunt? No, that's no. the... That's the original, but what's what was the new... I don't know. Some I type of hunt. But it's basically <laughs> the same premise. Yes. You know, a bunch of supervillains being hunted by Craven mm. and fucking, yeah. It was, it was a good time, though. So um, they're always enjoyable, you know, stories and plots and just a no. look at humanity and how sick we are. <laughs> but this was well done. Yes. You know, um, I... It's got some big time actors in it too. We got Emma Roberts. We got Hilary Swank. It seems like as the villain of the film. Yes. Um, yeah. It, it it opens up. Well, the trailer opens up. I should say with just a scene in a like a. It seems like a little like grocery store or something like that. Her confronting you know two of their clerks asking where she's at and then kind of like I think they eventually answer her saying Arkansas or something. Yeah. Like and this that. is this is Betty Gilpin. Yes. Going into the store randomly. Yes, and then all of a sudden, yeah, they obviously give her the wrong answer because mm-hmm. yeah this i was like is this red band because she was such <laughs> blasting <them. laughs> um which which seems like a good sign like it seems like it's going to be a like you know they're not going to hold back punches like a hard r yes yeah, yeah. Well, you know we love our hard r's so uh and i feel like with a movie and a premise like that you need to mm-hmm. not pull punches you know that r rating helps a lot so um the one thing i would say is the trailer to me feels like it kind of gave away a little too, too much, much yeah. you know um i definitely feel like there's a couple scenes in there which were probably like the like finale of the movie mm. which i never you know like seeing you know in a trailer you know um like we can kind of map out where we're going from the trailer which i i hate you know it makes <laughs> me not want to watch trailers but i have a podcast so um yeah yeah i had a great score or two in the trailer. Mm-hmm. I was like, are these songs in the movie? Because they also do that <laughs> sometimes where they have like awesome songs. In the trailer, the yeah. Uh, yeah, no, it seems like it's going to be fucking crazy. You know, um, it had a strong, it almost had a hostile feel to me too, where like, it seems like it's going to be like a corporation or the rich like mm-hmm. running this game, you know, like it's something that they've like made into like, you know, a regular thing. And I'm definitely interested to see what it's going to be because they're like, these aren't humans, you know. They're not treating them like people mm-hmm. whatsoever. So I'm wondering, like, what's the you know logistics behind this? Like, were they all criminals at some point? You know, what was the deal? Well, Betty Gilpin's character is obviously not dealing with that. So no, she. <laughs> they have a, they they kidnap the wrong person. Um, but yeah, no, it's exciting where a movie just kind of pops up out of nowhere. This Absolutely, I just saw a random the... article and I was like, "Oh, what's this?" Yeah, you know, <laughs> off the radar completely. You know, something that we haven't been anticipating, and it's like a month away. So, mm-hmm. all right. Well, and speaking of which, more of the same. Little monsters. Don't be scared. Who remembers how to play tag? Well, those funny-looking people out there are. <laughs> Are not real. 
Monsters came out of absolutely nowhere for me <laughs> as well. So I guess it uh, was in Sundance mm. this year. Um, it's directed by Abe Forsythe, and it's starring Lapito Nwango and Josh Gad. Gad or God? Gad. God would be a little too much, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and uh, here's the premise. A washed-up musician teams up with a teacher and a kid show personality to protect young children from a sudden outbreak of zombies. Aren't those the worst? <laughs> <laughs> no, this looks awesome. Just um, them trying to lie to these children the entire time that like zombies aren't really attacking them or anything. Yes, and you know what? It's an original mm-hmm. like scenario yes. like, we haven't seen necessarily before. Absolutely a great premise. Though. Yes, so I like that, you know, just having to keep all these children mm-hmm. safe, you know, while this little camp is be is like under siege by zombies. Um, I appreciate that they're slow moving zombies because if they were fast moving zombies, they oh. would be dead. Um, <laughs> I love that they start the trailer off that way too. Yes, it's like fast or slow. <laughs> yes, right. And it's it's definitely going to be more tilted towards comedy, mm. um, which I'm fine with. Um, but it has a strong like for me, it had a strong like Shaun of the Dead type vibe. Um, you know. So I, I I don't know, man. I, I we were just talking about zombie movies. Had there, mm-hmm. there really hasn't been like a great zombie movie in quite a few years, you know. Besides like Train to Busan, so yes. um, you know, more the better. No, Lupita's already stolen the show for me just off this trailer. Okay, <laughs> where she's like singing yes. to the kids and distracting that. Them plus, from... like um, she's admonishing the guitarist um, at one point while someone's getting eaten behind them. Uh-huh. Yeah, like, you it... can't say these words in front of the children. Yeah. <laughs> Humans are being devoured exactly. in the background. Um, yeah, no, and I like that. It seems like they're using a lot of practical things mm-hmm. too. So the zombies look good. Yes, and that's a big. That's a big thing. Because what was the movie where um, I was really excited? Oh, World War Z. I read the book. Yeah, was really excited for the movie and everything. They got Brad Pitt, um, and then I saw the first trailer, and I was like, no, <laughs> just bad CGI. I, mean, I saw that in theaters. It was, uh, it was harsh. Oh, the book is so fucking good, man. Have you read the book? No, I have not. Definitely go and visit the book. Read the book, you know, because you'll probably get more frustrated Mm. with the movie. I think that's (laughs) going to be... They're they're doing a sequel to that also. Which I was like, was that warranted? Was that even a hit? Um, It did make a lot of money at the time. But that's because people were so interested in seeing it. Wasn't there like literally like a ball of zombies? Like Yes. Like it's just kind of like a meatball at, at points, just climbing up walls and stuff like that. Yeah. No, thank you. I'm good. I'm good with my slow-moving zombies. <laughs> so, All right. And then next up, we got The Lighthouse. Tell me, what's a timberman want? With being a wiki. Just looking to earn a living. It's like any man. Starting new. On the run. Get 
keeping secrets, are you? No, sir. Why, just spill your beans. This is, again, this is another film I, I knew nothing about. <laughs> so, it's been on my radar because it's by uh, it's directed and written by Robert Eggers, um, who did The Witch, which oh, I was okay. a huge fan mm-hmm. of. Um, so, I've been kind of tracking it. Um, they didn't have a release date um, as of, like, early, la- you know, this year. So, it's going to be released October 18th. Um, so, it's going to be a story of two lighthouse keepers as they are faced with solitude, but start to lose their sanity and become threatened by their worst nightmares. Feels like there's like a mermaid or something going on in this movie, right? <laughs> yeah. um, it, it feels like a case of like just watching two guys go into like sanity, like mm. having a bad case of cabin fever, um, just from what I saw in the trailer, but beautifully shot, you yes. know, it's black and white, um, but like everything like just pops. Um, William Defoe and Robert Penson. Uh, I was Pattinson, I want to yeah. I always want to say Patterson for some reason Pattinson our future Bruce Wayne mm-hmm. um, are both in this movie and it feels like they're the only people in this movie which cool with me um, but it's going to be them just kind of going into the depths of insanity like drowning in it um, while surrounded by water yes yes uh, there's one part I, the only like hints of a plot is like uh, William Defoe finds him with like some weird like mermaid statue or something mm-hmm. like that so I, i'm guessing that's kind of a hint in the poster there seems to be like a big tail in the ocean i don't know oh, if you noticed okay. that in the little poster they released so something something weird's happening maybe we'll see um, the witch was fantastic though if you haven't seen the witch definitely check that out um it's definitely a slow burn movie um it's almost like this family drama like wrapped up in this like you know witch tale Mm-hmm. So it's so well done. And just, I mean, the performances are, are just insane in that movie. And I feel like with two caliber actors like this, it's going to be more of the same, you know, for The Lighthouse. So that's coming October 18th. Oh, yeah, I was definitely getting like, which is a bad example, but like Shutter Island vibes yes. from it. Yeah, that's horrible. <laughs> <laughs> just like something where you're going to be questioning the character's sanity choices What's going on? Yeah, I um, love the ending where it's like, "How long have I been here?" This like, has it been two days? Or and just like how frantic the trailer is, yes. where like they're laughing and singing and crying and dancing and threatening each other. So, uh, yeah, no, I love Scorsese, but that Shutter Island man, that was such a huge disappointment for me. I, I actually like that movie. Really? Mm-hmm. Oh, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what I was expecting, but I was like Scorsese and horror, and I was like, "No, fuck." <laughs> Did nothing for me, but you know, maybe I'll revisit it. And that's gonna do it for trailers yes. and the news. All right, well then we're gonna move on to our review for this week, which is the boys. That's right. We are gonna review the first four episodes. Are we going spoiler free or are we light spoilers? I'm gonna say light spoilers. We're not gonna like. Th- I'm not gonna throw out any major two maybe, major plot. Maybe points. part two. Yeah. We'll go. You mm-hmm. know, full spoiler. Because I feel like that gives enough time for everyone. God, usually when up. we do a series, I put like the Netflix sound effect. I don't know what I'm going to do for Amazon. Yeah, do they even have sound effects? <laughs> I don't know. I have to look that up. Get with it, Amazon. <laughs>
Soups lose hundreds of people each year. It's a collateral damage. It's fucking diabolical. They're all like that? All of them. Yeah. Pardon my French. Fuck those fuckers. I've got the boys together. No. Join us. Yeah. To do what? Spank the bastards. Yes. For Robin. I'm in. All right, so this is actually produced by Seth Rogen and Evan Goldberg, um, who also did The Preacher, and it's actually based off material from Garth Ennis um, by a comic named The Boys mm-hmm. um, of the same name. So um, they, I don't know if they are doing like if they have some multi like project deal with Garth or something or you know DC. Um, I, I'm not sure who actually owns The Boys. I believe it was it eventually became a DC book or was a DC book at one point. Mm-hmm. For one of their lines. No, that makes sense. Though. All right, so in a world in which superpowered heroes have become commonplace, they are syndicated, monetized, and marketed by a company called Vault. Correct? Mm-hmm. Did I pronounce that right? Yes, Christian? Vault. Vault. Okay. Vault International. Unfortunately, money and privilege corrupt, and many of the soups give in to their darker impulses. A Calestine group of normal human vigilantes then arise to counter the corrupt soups. So we're four episodes in, and I'm totally hooked on this show. I binged it in like a day. Yes. Four episodes, and I actually had to stop myself <laughs> from going, you know, more than four deep. Um, it stars Carl Urban, uh, Jack Quad, Anthony Starr, and Aaron Moriarty. Um, the performances are fantastic. Quality, like just the way it's shot is fantastic. I was really impressed with mm-hmm. that. I don't know if I've ever watched an Amazon Prime like series before. No, I've I like I picked up like maybe like a couple of racing shows or stuff like that, but nothing really? anything where it was like an actual series. Okay, yeah, no, I I was impressed, you know, because I didn't know what to expect, mm-hmm. you know, just the budget wise, you know. Obviously, Amazon has all the fucking money in the world, so I don't know why I was thinking it'd be lesser. Of like a lesser production. That's true. For some reason, I had like I was like, oh man, maybe this is gonna be like a CW show yeah, or something like that. that. Type deal. I had mm. that in the back of my head too, and I don't know why. But no, this felt straight up HBO. Yeah, <laughs> no, it really was well done. I mean, they're dealing with lots of different effects mm-hmm. and everything like that. Um, but what I loved about this, you know, the whole premise of the show is that it's basically what superheroes would be like if they existed in the real world mm-hmm. you know all the things that they're doing in this show feels like oh yeah no i could definitely see that happening if a super if superheroes were a real thing like yes. yeah absolutely this would be happening. i would say it's it's a character is like um a caricature version of it you know if that mm-hmm. was happening in the real world like it feels like they're treating all these superheroes the way we treat um, and athletes and stuff like that. Well, too, I oh, feel like yes, like the hero worship. Like it's mm-hmm. really kind of like you know putting a mirror up to like you know society nowadays with like the hero worship yes. when it comes to athletes or even just the way we treat like you know the MCU movies and everything. How everyone's so hooked and mm-hmm. so like I mean we're junkies obviously, um, you know, and the fact that they kind of tie that all together. The world building that they do in the first four episodes is so seamless. You know, there's not tons of exposition going on in this, but you're still introduced to what's going on in this, like, world, in this universe, mm-hmm. just so smoothly, where it's like, okay, it just flows so well. And it's following a lot of different characters. Yes. Um, but yeah, I mean, our main character is Huey, um, you know, who's super sympathetic, you know, from the get-go, um, you know, 
these are the light spoilers, but, you know, he loses someone close to him in a very opening scene, and it's caused by one of the heroes. So it's kind of him dealing with that loss, mourning, and how he reacts to that. And he's definitely a fanboy. Mm -hmm. You know, his room is filled with, you know, posters of the heroes and everything like that, which I'm sure a lot of kids, you know, his age, I mean, I'm guessing he's probably in his early 20s, um, you know, rooms look similar and everything like that. So, um, but yeah, he eventually meets up with Carl Urban's character, who's Billy the Butcher, um, who's just a complete fucking madman, you know, Mm. Um, but just, you don't know. What I like about this series too is like, I don't know which way it's going. Like, I haven't, (laughs) with four episodes in, I haven't really put my thumb on, like, who Billy really is. Mm -hmm. You know, is he a hero? Is he a villain? You know? Or is he kind of, like, towing the line? Um, But, I mean, Carl Urban is such a great actor. Yes. You know, once again... He deserves more work. (laughs) Yeah. He deserves to be Wolverine. (sighs) That's a a good casting call. You know? (laughs) I think we kind of talked about it before. Like, I don't know why his name doesn't come up more Mm. for that role. Because, like, this fucking, like, I don't know if it's his hair or what, or just, you know, just the, the, uh-huh. the tone of the character just feels so much like Logan. Like, I mean, Kevin Faki would be a fool not to, like, you know, at least get him on the phone. Mm-hmm. Like, the fact that, I mean, I know he was the uh, executioner in uh, Thor Ragnarok. Yes. But it's okay. No one's going to remember that. No one, no one cares. <laughs> you know, and he, he's, a, he's one of those guys, you know, who, who's been in so many roles mm-hmm. and you look at him and you're not quite sure, like, wait a second, aren't you in? Or who is that? You know, uh, he's got one of those faces, you know, he's a man of many, many hats. But I just, I mean, he's, for me, he's carrying, you know, the show right mm-hmm. now. Um, and that's not saying anything against the other actors, but when he's on screen, you know, he's stealing scenes. Um, but this show does not pull any punches. No. It makes you feel disgusting after watching <laughs> it. And I absolutely love it for yes, that reason. Yes. Um, everyone's <laughs> corrupted, it feels mm. like. You know, there's only a few characters who feel like, you know, you have, you know, almost a hope of them, you know, <laughs> staying innocent. Um, you know, but everyone is twisted. And eventually Huey becomes one of them. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and I thought they dealt with that well, too, when it does happen. It's not something that's just simple and cut and dry. Mm-hmm. You know, you see the repercussions and everything, you know. And just the few episodes where it takes place, you're seeing him, like, dealing with that, which I appreciate. Um, but these heroes are just such, like, twisted versions of, you know, their, you know, comics, you know, their comic counterparts. Yes. Um, you know, I mean, Homelander is absolutely like an homage to like Captain America and Superman, you know, rolled up into one and mm-hmm. everything. Um, but just so well done, you know. Um, the uh, actor Anthony Starr is just fucking killing it. Like, you can see, like, it, the first episode, it feels like, oh, he's kind of like the nice guy. You know, and then by, like, the second episode, you're like, oh, no, he's fucked yeah. up. You know? <laughs> um, he's obviously Elizabeth Shue's in this, and yes. she's fucking just nailing it, too. Because um, she's another character where at first I was like, is she, you know, like, she's working for this corporation mm-hmm. who's, like, running this team, the Seven. Um, but is she, like, one of the guys, like, does she have, like, positive, you know, righteous motives? And then, like, after, like, the second episode, like, you're just as like screwed <laughs> up as everyone else, if not worse. No, um, she she does a really good job of playing this like incredibly manipulative CEO type boss. But she doesn't feel she feels real at mm-hmm. the same time. You know, she feels like a real CEO. 
you know, and like the choices she's making make sense, you know, for, you know, someone who's running a corporation, you know, she's not like your total, like, you know, cheesy fucking one dimensional character who's like shooting senior, which I love. Um, I, I, it seems like there's some kind of like, I don't know, like uh, Highlander or Highlander. Um, it's a different movie. (laughs) Homelander. Homelander has like some kind of Mm. like crush on her too. Like he's definitely trying to please her at all times. It seems like, um, but he's also dealing with the fact that he's like a God, you know, and can pretty much do anything. Um, but he's a selfish prick as we learn to find, like we find out like shortly after like the second episode. Um, just a lot of the characters where you're like, I want to like you, but I know you're awful. Mm-hmm. You know, um, there's good comedy in it. You know, the um, there's a scene with uh, with the deep. Yes, where he's another character who's just he's introduced and you're like, well, this guy's fucking horrible. Mm-hmm. But then all of a sudden, like he's having this like crisis of conscious, you know, and he's trying to do something good. You see him in a session with his therapist and everything, <laughs> and things just go horribly wrong yes, when he tries go to very <laughs> terribly wrong. <laughs> but it makes like it makes sense for his character why he's also an asshole because he's constantly being picked on by the rest of his yes, team. Yes, he's been bullied, everything yes. like that. But it turns him <laughs> into a bully himself. Mm. You know, um, he's gross and creepy, but yeah. Um, but Jesus, and, and they're just, I mean, when it comes to the violence, they do not, no. like, they're, it's off. So if you are sensitive to, like, violence or gore or anything like that, they leave everything on the fucking table, you know? Um, but I think one of my critiques would be, like, some of the CGI doesn't necessarily always work. Um, you could kind of see, like, the Like, scenes. ten years from now, am I going to say this holds up? Probably not. Yeah. I, there, there's one scene in particular that's like the big scene in the first episode, um, you know, with uh, A Train, where I feel like it was okay, but I was like, would this really, like, it It took me out of the scene a little, mm. you know, with like how like, they make a, a spectacle of it, but it's a little too, like, video game ish. I guess, me. but I was still in total. I loved it, you know, <laughs> but that was, they did a great job. In like two minutes of introducing us to Huey and his girlfriend, in making you like their relationship mm-hmm. and know who these two characters are, um, so when shit happens, it's effective. You know, I thought that was awesome. I was like, well, that was a really effective scene. And it was literally, you know, we met those characters like in five minutes. You know, no, we cared about them. It's interesting, like all the episode structures. They pack so much into it, but yet the time management is so well done. Because they're juggling so many characters yes. and storylines. But they are, you're right. They, they do a great job. I mean, it's the editing, it's the storytelling, everything like that. Where I, it would be, it, I mean, it had to be daunting to have to, you know, do a like telescreen play for this. Mm-hmm. You know, to have to sit there and like map out, you know. Because comics are such a different medium. You know, I mean, just the way the issues flow and everything like that and what you can do and what's more acceptable in a comic book. Where this, it feels like comic book storytelling, but it's done in a way that, you know, isn't, you know, jarring for a TV series. You know, because there's some things that just don't translate well, Mm. you know, from page to screen. Where I feel like this is translated great. And I haven't read the book. So maybe they're leaving a lot of shit out and cutting a lot of corners. Um, but being introduced to this piece of work for the first time, mm-hmm. you know, it's not something where I'm noticing, 
Yeah. And it's definitely a series where I'll probably, I'll watch the first season and then I'll probably go pick up the books, you know, for the first arc and like, you know, because it's, it's a book now where I'm like, you know, already looking on Amazon, trying to find like the <laughs> trades and everything. Uh-huh. So, um, but yeah, no, I, I don't know. Um, is there any other, I, I, the other critique I would have is just like some of the dialogue gets a little clunky mm-hmm. here and there where I felt like they're kind of, there's, a few, and maybe it's on purpose, you know, there, there's some things where it feels like something you would see out of like a comic book, like just like real, real people don't talk like that, you know, yeah, there's well. a few things like that, <laughs> which it might be on purpose, it might be purposeful, mm. you know, so, um, but yeah, it never feels like too campy either mm-hmm. to me. It yeah. rides, the, like, it'll get up to the line and they'll come right back down, mm-hmm. you know, it's, yeah, it's never like. Oh, they're all super superheroes and everything. It's just, you know. Um, I like that we're kind of following the story, too, through two different sets of eyes. We're mm-hmm. getting um, Huey's, you know, point of view and everything. But when it comes to, like, you know, the Seven, we're following, um, uh, what's her name? Starlight. Starlight, thank mm-hmm. you. Starlight. Um, I almost said Lighthouse, which <laughs> is the trailer we just watched. Um and we're watching her, you know, who's coming into this situation with good intentions and she really wants to help, you know, the world mm-hmm. and, you know, save everyone. Um, you know, and this has been a dream and like she's slowly going through, you know, this realization that it, everything's not the way it seems, you know. Um, I'm curious to see if she eventually gets like corrupted mm-hmm. by the team since this has always been a dream. Um, you know, for her and, you know, it's obviously also her mother's dream. Um, you know, I'm wondering if we have something where you, you're seeing, you know, her get corrupted. Who's the, um, Wonder Woman, um, oh, you know, uh, Queen Maeve. Queen Maeve, too. And I'm also wondering if you get, like, a double switch between the two. Because we see Queen Maeve, which I love, another scene that I love, where they, this horrendous situation yes. happens where they're, you know, they're sent, the, the two of the seven, Highlander and her, are sent to, you know, go ahead and, you know, interfere in something that's technically considered, you know, I guess against, you know, one of the accords because they're, it's it's supposed to be something that would be like a military operation. Yes. It's, it's basically, it would be international. So they're only allowed to work within the confines of, you know, U.S. Mm. airspace. And currently they're trying to get a deal with the military yes. to operate. Elizabeth oh, Shue's character yes. is hardcore about getting this deal done where they're actually be working with the military and everything. Mm. So they see it as a great, you know, opportunity for them to, you know, save the day over international airspace. And then, you know, there's no way that these senators can turn them down, you know, that there'd be such a public outcry you know, for their aid and everything. Mm-hmm. And they could be like almost part of like the military, like one of the military branches almost, um, you know, for a big corporation, it makes sense though, why they would want these contracts. That's where all the money's at. And the, it, the Senator actually brings up the fact, like, why would we want you? We, you know, there's so much money in like, you know, the weaponizing of, you know, the world. Yes. Why would we want to bring suits in? And then we, there's no reason for these weapons. Which I just, it's, it's another great example of like how realistic the show exactly. can be. Exactly. I was just like, oh, wow. <laughs> so they send them into this mission that they're not supposed to be on. You know, it seems like they're saving the day and mm-hmm. things go horribly wrong and they have to abort the mission. 
but it costs like hundreds of lives. But you see Queen Maeve like, you know, have these second thoughts and mm. she's really struggling. Um, you know, she's not just this cackling villain. She yes. has a heart. Yeah, so I'm wondering if eventually you get like a double switch between those two characters. Gotcha. Um, so that that's the only thing I could you know kind of speculate on. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, I have no idea where this is going. No, I, and at this point, it was good to see more of like who she is because throughout the other episodes, we haven't really seen too much of what's going on with her. Yeah, and her yeah. point She's of view just kind of in team. the background, mm-hmm. you know. But every one of the seven that they've introduced. In the four episodes, I feel like they've added like mm-hmm. a little layer two. So they're not just like a cackling. What's also interesting in this, have you noticed there's no supervillains? Yes. Now I'm wondering if, because why would you be a supervillain <laughs> in this world that they've set up? Because mm. you think about it, if you have all these different corporations with these heroes, if you're powered, why wouldn't you just go work for these corporations? I mean, you're gonna, it's an ends to a means. Mm. You're looking I think at in this fame. world, there's only you're one corporation more. so far, but. Well, because isn't what's his name part of something too? It's like Nike and Reebok, right? Because there's. Oh, there, yes. The other, um, the other speedster? Yes. I think he's part of another group. Mm. So I think, you know, Vought is a Vought. Yeah, Vought is. I think that's like York. the biggest corporation, mm. but I think there's other, you know, groups out there because there's other heroes in it. Um, so, like, if you're in this world, why would you have, you know, why, why be a supervillain? You know, mm-hmm. if you just have powers, go, you, you're going to make money. You're going to get rich and famous <laughs> by just being a hero. So, and you could still do horrible things as, we, as we've seen. <laughs> so, um, yeah, but yeah, so far I'm hooked, you know, hopefully I'm not singing a different tune next episode <laughs> after I binge the next four episodes, you know? No, every episode just really hooks you in. It was hard to stop at four. Cause I was like, oh, I gotta, I gotta go to bed. Uh-huh. Yeah, I, I gotta be up in the morning. Yeah. I stay. <laughs> no, it was quite late when I turned mm. off episode four, and I was like, okay, I can't do another episode. Yes. You know. So, but yeah. So next next show, we will definitely be talking about the rest. Yes, and you'll get our place. five stars. Yes, our five star reviews. So, um, but yeah, yeah. This is. I mean, give me more of this if you're gonna do. You know, give me because it's just so different than what we've seen yes. superhero wise on the screen at least like there's been comics like this throughout like the last couple of decades and everything you know almost like deconstructing like mm. you know what it means to be a superhero and the whole genre in general but i feel like we haven't been introduced that introduced to that so far on the big screen or the small screen for that matter so i will say adding if... a different wrinkle mm. into the whole genre if they were to reboot the or do another Watchmen film, mm-hmm. man, give it to Seth Rogen. Because this is what I was feeling <laughs> when I was it watching It does this. have a strong mm. Watchmen vibe. Yeah, and I guess that is really the only one that we've seen, you know, which is the ultimate version of that. You know, that deconstruction is the Watchmen. Um, but... Yeah, so far I'm enjoying this a lot more than what Zack Snyder did. Yes. You know, <laughs> that was just such a miss for me. So, but hopefully we get people too with a series like this, you know, kind of working and looking at material outside of, you know, mm-hmm. the box when it comes to comics. Because there's such a variety of different stories to tell, you know, different looks at, you know, the genre. So, uh, but yeah, now check out the, the boys. So we're heading back into comics this week, Damon. 
Yeah, after a little break, uh, we have House of X number one by Jonathan Capeman. Yes. The start of perhaps his epic run. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see. Um, Marvel's definitely, you know, betting the house on him. He They canceled the entire X-Men line just for Hickman. Um, they'll be rebooted in a couple of months. But, you know, right now we are down to just House of X and Powers of X. So um, what did you think of House of X number one, Christian? the hell is going on man <laughs> <laughs> like i i enjoyed it mm-hmm. but at the same time there's so much fucking going on there <laughs> there is and house of x basically so and we'll i guess we'll do spoilers but so house of x uh, you know it, it starts off with a, like a little intro or like you know mm-hmm. humans of earth you know your world has changed overnight or something like that so i'm paraphrasing completely but it's professor x um, you know, it's, they've set themselves up with like basically their own like land, their own, you know, home, um, in another dimension, would you say that's Kuroka? Yeah. So we've, Kuroka has been a character in the past in the Xbox, but apparently it's grown and now it's like existing on different like continents and everything. Like at least there's like portals to it. Um, and it's more of a, like, huge, like, I don't know, it feels like a world into itself, you know, like another dimension that only mutants have access to. Um, you know, uh, humans can enter, but they have to be with a mutant. And you still have to get permission from Kuroka. Um, it, it's a novel idea. We've kind of seen it before with, like, Genosha and everything. Mm-hmm. Um so I wasn't necessarily too thrilled at first with that, um, but we're finding out that, you know, the mutant population spiking again and growing. Um, they want to be recognized, though, um, as their own nation, pretty much. So um, they've set up this whole, like, world, you know, in Kuroka. And it feels like, and I don't know what the time span is since we last saw mm-hmm. the X-Men, uh, which was last month in Uncanny X-Men. Uh, a lot of characters who we thought were dead are alive. Um, I don't know if that's due to what we saw in the few, first few pages, though. Like, we saw exactly. Professor it's Max. It's all left open to just, like, could yeah. this be them, or is it... He's pulling out two people who look like Gene and Scott, maybe, out of these pods. Hmm. Um, and he, he literally utters the line, come to me, my X-Men. So, in the first, like... You know, first half of this book, we see Banshee, we see some of the new mutants who died in um, Rosenberg's uh, uh, book, mm-hmm. um, just like literally a couple issues ago. Um, a lot of people who we assumed were dead are alive. So uh, Wolfsbane, I believe, was one of them. Mm-hmm. It, I don't know. I, it, it's really bizarre. and It kind of just leaves you scratching your head. But I like a mystery. So I'm not turned off by that at all. Um and I, it's, it doesn't seem like they want to be isolationists, which I always had an issue with. Um, it seems like they want to be part of, you know, society, but they want to be recognized as a nation, um, which I'm fine with. So we get Magneto and the... The Cuckoos. Cuckoos, mm-hmm. who seem to be all back. Which we know they were down to three. Yes. Um, but apparently they're all back. Um, giving like a tour to like different ambassadors and everything like that. I think it's all in the name of 
you know, once again, recognizing them as a nation. Now, Professor X is also dangling, you know, um, the, I guess, like, they've got some kind of pharmaceutical plant going or running or something like that, where they've got, like, different medication that could help the world. Um, one that cures mental illness, um, one that um, adds, like, five years to your life, and I don't remember what the other one does. So he's saying... Hey, if you recognize us, um, and I believe that's all, uh, we'll give you, you know, this these antibiotics, you mm-hmm. know, that could really change, you know, society. Um, Which doesn't seem like something that they would actually want. What? Well, the pharmaceutical companies yeah. wouldn't want. <laughs> Absolutely not. So they're giving this tour and everything like that. Um, they're showing it's basically all about you know building this world and introducing us to this universe uh i thought it played well and everything um Mm -hmm. magneto obviously being part of the tour is a little like okay would you really trust magneto but obviously him and professor x must have some understanding i don't know if this is the professor x we saw last you know um in the um, in the uh rosenberg run Mm -hmm. so this definitely feels like it's x what was he going what was his name? Man of X or the man they call X? Ma- yes, thank you. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> um, sure. Uh, yeah, I mean, he's got like cerebral, like a cerebral helmet on at Which all is, times. I'm surprised he didn't come up with that sooner. Yeah, right. <laughs> but it is a little jarring. I mean, he is walking around. He's you know obviously he's healed. We saw that last time we saw him and everything like that. Um, but yeah. It, Wolverine's there laughing and everything. Something's not right. Like, Mm -hmm. you can tell right off the bat. Like, it's way too dreamlike. Something's off. um, And I'm sure that's part of the story. Like, the mystery and everything Mm -hmm. like that. You know, it just almost feels like too, like, like, Gene feels younger to me. You know, I don't know if it's just the artistic choice that they made with her. She's Marvel Girl again, Mm -hmm. though. Um, and I don't know if that's just their way of showing that she's were, a character. Were all the characters reverted to like older costumes? Because that's what it felt like. Um, let me see. I don't know because uh, Cyclops has a new costume on. Mm-hmm. He doesn't have like an older. He has like a costume. grayish costume. Yeah, on. it almost looks almost like X Factor ish. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's a newer costume. So uh, they have a run in with the Fantastic Four. You know, which Hickman had an, a, a great you know uh, arc with you know mm-hmm. um but the uh mystique and Sabretooth are they're breaking into damage incorporated and it's kind of explains mm-hmm. that you know damage incorporated are like super dangerous because they they not only um you know clean up you know after the superheroes but they actually collect a lot of their weaponry and then you know for a while when you know tony or reed would go off grid you know, their technology would get passed on to each other, but there's a point where they're both off the grid. So Damage Incorporated actually picked up some of their technology. And one of them, I can't remember the name of the weapon, but it's something that Hickman used um, during uh, his run with the Avengers. Um, really powerful weapon that um, helps them with the incursion that was going on mm-hmm. during that run. So it's a big deal that they have it. Uh, it's actually really crazy that they have it. But uh, you have, you know, Sabretooth, Toad, and Mystique mm. breaking in, stealing files, or, right, files? Yeah, or Toad is, like, stealing files from them. Yeah. And they don't know what exact, but... 
Yes, they're on a mission, though, for the X-Men. Mm-hmm. Um, but they get, you know, they come into conflict with the Fantastic Four. Um, they actually, uh, the Invisible Woman captures Sabretooth, who actually does kill a bunch of guards mm-hmm. there. Um, and Cyclops comes out and, you know, it's kind of swarmy feeling, right? Like, he's trying to, like, talk them into, like, giving him back Sabretooth. Mm-hmm. You know, there's the whole, like, you know... They're all about like policing their own now and everything, which is a line I've heard them utter before in the past. But you know, in this instance, it feels a little weird, you know, because it is the Fantastic Four, mm-hmm. and you know they should trust each other, but obviously they don't at this point. Um, so they end up leaving Sabretooth there. He ends up, you know, being kind of diplomatic about it and like, okay, well, you take him, you know, and the rest of them go back into Karoka. Um, so I. Yeah, it, it feels like they've got dark motives, though, right? Mm-hmm. Like, it, it, something's just not right. Um, so. Well, especially with what we get with Magneto when he's showing around people. He's not, he never takes them to the island. It's just some, like, weird, like, tunnel to an actual portal. It's like a hub or something like yes. that, right? Um, they explain, like, they, they have their own language it, and everything. They, they're seeing things. Yeah, they're in there. They're seeing, but it's not the island. Yeah. And, you know, um, Magneto's like, Basically explaining, you know, we are better than all of you. Well, at the end, yes. yeah, that's what was chilling was when, like, we're basically he says we're your new gods, mm-hmm. you know, um, you know, which is a very you would expect that from Magneto, yes. like he's working with Professor mm-hmm. X. And it seems so, like it's a message that they both are agreeing upon. Yes, absolutely. I did not get a sense that Magneto was kind of working on his mm-hmm. own here, like he went off the reservation and everything. It feels like this is, you know, their new edict. You know, that they are, you know, basically, basically telling them that, yeah. you know, you're going to do what we say or, you know, we're going to do what we want mm-hmm. and you're not going to like it. I think one of the moments I loved from that was um, the, the diplomats explaining, you know, why would we trust you? You know, you have portals that you could send an army through in all of our countries pretty yes, much. Yes, exactly. At A any time. army. <laughs> um, you know, I liked the scene, too, where the cuckoo's basically, and I don't know which one it is, um, but she basically reveals who mm-hmm. each diplomat is and what they're thinking, you know, and how some of them just aren't who they say they are. Um, you know, I thought that was a cool scene, because why wouldn't she do that? But it was a good, nice way for them to flex their muscles, too, mm-hmm. you know, um, that they're not going to play nice. Uh, we find out that there's a space station uh, so operating, which... When I got to that point in the book, I was very thrown off for a while. Mm-hmm. I was it's, like, what the fuck are we talking about? There is a about? lot of information, mm-hmm. you know, being kind of crammed into this first issue. It didn't feel too, like there was too much exposition happening. Um, they did do a few of these little, like, you know, stopping points where we would get, like, just a blank page. You know, almost supposed to be, like, I don't know, it's supposed to be, like, a, a computer file. Mm-hmm. Just kind of explaining, setting up, like, the next scene, like, you know. This is where we're at. These are these characters. Um, we do see a list of Omega level mutants, um, you know, which some of them should be dead. So that was that was odd. You know, mm. I was like, did they basically bring back all of the mutant race? <laughs> you know, what's going on here? You know, um, I don't know. I don't know. I, I'm intrigued. Like, I'm intrigued. Like, I love, you know, Hickman's long form storytelling. Um, but this is definitely not the book I was expecting, but I didn't know what to expect, mm-hmm. I guess, really. So I wasn't disappointed with this book. But moving on, um, Powers of X. Yes. 
So this is dealing with like a the future of the X Men. They kind of set up the timeline where mm. they, you give us year one. Then um, what's taking place currently in House of X is year ten, which I, I thought that was kind of. I they usually stay away from putting like a a, yeah. a date or a number on anything when it comes to the books, um, you know, and then we're seeing what's happening in the future in powers of that which i think is actually year a thousand well no i think it's year the first group is year it's 10 more years Mm -hmm. into the future and then eventually they go into like a thousand like you know somewhere Mm -hmm. down in the future i'm not sure how far they go where it ends that way so um yeah I didn't know what the hell to make Because <laughs> now when we were talking about those, you know, files that were kind of introduced in between, you know, almost chapters of, you know, House of Acts, um, there's a lot more of those. Yes. Here. And they're, they're, they're pure exposition. You know, they're very much like, it, they read like a history book, almost, of what has happened, you know, since, you know, in the last 10 years. Um, they're talking about there's some kind of uprise. There's breeding pits of mutants. Um, it seems like the um, Nimrod, you know, Senatal, like we see Nimrod, a version mm-hmm. of Nimrod that um, is existing. Um, the hounds come to be and everything in this future. Um, so it, it's kind of a bleak future. And we see like these, you know, mutants who all look familiar. They, they seem to be like some kind of, you know, I don't know. I don't know if they're relatives of, or if they're just like, you know, they've been breeded, you know, DNA. Because yeah, Sinister, sinister, sinister is like involved in these mm-hmm. like pits. Um, and they call them pits, I believe. So, um, but it, it seems like we've got like, there's one guy named uh, Preacher who seems to be some kind of hybrid of like Nightcrawler or something, you know, someone else. And then mm-hmm. we've got, um, what was the other character's name? Do you remember off the top of your head? No. It seems um, Rasputin. I think it's Rasputin, right? Yes. Yes. yes, you're right. Which is, it looks like she's like, it's like magic and yeah. Colossus mm-hmm. and maybe Kitty because she's phasing through things. So, you know, they're somehow related. I don't know if it's actually family or if it's, you know, experiments or cloning. Well, no, I think they... Or DNA. I'm pretty sure they are clones because the, the friend that they're trying to save at that point at the, at the end of the issue, they're saying, you know, we apologize for what we did to you for, you know, creating... Well, she's a hound. Okay. She was a hound that was definitely breeded. Mm-hmm. But they, in all the exposition that I read, it seems like the hounds that they breeded to hunt these mutants, it goes horribly wrong for them, and they turn. They have black brains, they say. Mm-hmm. And it causes them to actually turn on their keep, like their masters. So now they become like one of the more fierce like warrior groups for the mutants. So there was a lot there though to dive I, into. I mean, I read it all. It's just too much. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Um, and that's that's my major critique. Like mm-hmm. when it was just giving us the story in comic form, I was like, okay, I can I can deal with it. You know, I, I, it was like it was entertaining. It was okay. But then when it started giving us page after page of exposition and, you know, history lessons of what the hell's going on, it was a little bit much. I feel like there's probably more of an entertaining way to do mm-hmm. that. 
Um, and I understand, like, this is the first issue. They're trying to, like, you know, do world building in this one issue for what this world looks like. Um, we also get a scene in the very beginning of the book where it's it's year one and it's Professor Axe and he's meeting um, Mora for the first time. It, it feels like he doesn't seem to recognize her at least, um, which I don't continue wise. That might be weird, but um, she comes up to him. She knows who he is and everything like that. And then, you know, they have a little conversation. He, she asks him to go ahead and mm-hmm. you know, read her mind and what he sees just horrifies him. So I don't know who this Mora is, what version of the character this is, you know, if this somehow changes like the future, you know, and, you know, causes an alternate like timeline or something. But, you know, I guess we'll find that out in future, you know, issues. Um, Yeah, this, but I enjoyed, you know, House of X, Powers of X though, was definitely a little disappointing for me. I'm just... I'm trying to think, like, what if a new reader were to pick up these books thinking, like, oh, this is, you know, this is where I need to start for X-Men now. This is what the internet's telling me to do. And Some of the exposition to me, like, you know, in those pages, those mm-hmm. weird file, you know, in between pages, read like bad sci-fi, you know, where they were just kind of, I don't know, they were void of any kind of emotions or anything like that, where I just feel like if you would have just give us, like, a few like panels with like you know some exposition pieces and like spread it out between like a couple issues don't cram it all into Mm -hmm. the first issue because i don't know if i could handle another issue like this so hopefully that's it for you know this first issue and you know we get less the next you know for the rest of the series because i think it's about six issues long yeah uh, i think both of them are six now and there's supposed to be both companion pieces mm-hmm. to each other so the stories are going to intertwine somehow you know um Kuroka seems to be a thing still in powers of acts um this little group of mutants end up you know um having to leave the one um i can't remember her name but the former hound behind and they run back to Kuroka, and we see perhaps logan and maybe magneto mm-hmm. <laughs> You know, in this I, I was wondering, costume. like, how is Magneto still around at this point? And yeah, well, it's only ten years, okay. so that's the ten years into the future that I believe. You know, Logan, if it's further than that, fine. But yeah, Magneto would feel older at that point. Um, but yeah, and then it looked I the other character that was with him, I, I was I thought maybe it was Zorin, but I'm not sure mm. um, who it was. So, um, but they were on a mission for that. So I guess the mutant population is now down to about like 10,000 at this point. So, um, but yeah, no, I was kind of, I was definitely disappointed with, you know, with house or powers Powers of X. So, but like I said, it's six issues. So if it's like (laughs) integral part of, you know, Mm -hmm. powers of X, I'll definitely read it. Um, and it's only supposed to go, I think to October. So they're going to be pretty much coming out almost weekly or bi-weekly at this point. So, yeah, yeah, man. That was that's the new you know era of X Men that we're gonna. Be I just getting. feel like maybe he had this like plan for a uh, X Men graphic novel, and they just decided, hey, just split it up into like twelve issues. You'll have the House of X, you'll have Powers of X, because like the way that they had structured House of X, I was like, oh, this feels like chapter, 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 and then we got into Powers of X, and I'm like. Okay, big chapter of just exposition in between. Mm-hmm. We're getting like I I I could read this more. But I feel even as, as a chapter would have been like 
you know, if this was just one chapter, mm. it would still be a lot, like, for to cram into one chapter. It was, like, four to five, four to six pages of exposition. It just feels, and I don't know what the story is. And, like, maybe he could, like, to me, it's like, well, if this is going to be just a huge exposition dump, then, you know, spread it out mm-hmm. between the books. Because I didn't feel like, I feel like you could still follow the story that was taking place without all those, like, in-between, yes. you know, segments that were happening, you know, with, with just... Like again, like I said before, like tons of exposition. So, um, but yeah, yeah, I'm, we'll see where it goes. Like Hickman plays the fucking long game, mm-hmm. <laughs> so I'm just. I mean, he sold them definitely on their on his vision because I mean they gave him the keys of the castle. He's running the X Men for for quite a while now. So, um, you know, we're gonna get years of you know Hickman um, <laughs> for sure. I mean, that's what he got with the Avengers. So unless things just go horribly wrong, yes. Um, as long as he doesn't run it into the ground, we're happy. Yeah, exactly, exactly. I, I like I said before, though, I love the Avengers line that he did. I really do. Um, Infinity, everything with the incursion, um, he did a he did a great job, and he he, he did um the Secret Wars, um, miniseries. You know that was his big like crescendo mm-hmm. of the, all the events that took place over those years. You know, worked worked out great, and it was. I mean, he must have been mapping that shit for years. Like it was, but it was a well-told story. It really was. So um, he did not waste any chapters. But I don't know, man. Powers of X. It felt like he wasted a chapter right off the bat. Christian, you like podcasts. I love them. I love podcasts. Have you heard of this new Podcoin app? No, I haven't heard of it. It's available for iPhones and Androids right now. It actually pays you to listen to podcasts. Really? Yes, yes. You get digital currency for listening to your favorite podcasts. But what could I even use digital currency on? Gift cards, um, Amazon, Starbucks. I believe they even have Target. Um, You can also use that digital currency to donate to your favorite charity if you want. Wow. If you're actually a good person. Unlike yourself. <laughs> <laughs> well, I have to really look into this. I listen to a lot of podcasts, damn it. Me like too. Daily. And I mean, you might as well get paid for it, right? Exactly. Um, and right now, if you go ahead and use the promo code NerdShow, you get started off with 300 coins. That's a good deal. Right? Doesn't get any better than that. So I would stop doing what you're doing right now. Well, wait till the end of the episode (laughs) (laughs) and go download Podcoin. All right. The pod player that pays. All right. So what do we have next? Uh, Up next, we have Avengers number 22. We're starting off the challenge of the Ghost Riders. Um, It's an interesting book so far. I was definitely surprised kind of where they were going with Robbie right off the back. You know, um, we've seen him worried about his family, you know, uh, what's going on with his powers. He seems to be where we started, where he had so much more control. Now he's just losing it and losing it and losing it. Yes, after uh, the whole Dracula arc, mm-hmm. it seems like he, the whole vampire civil war, yes. it seems like he's out of control. Like he had some kind of confrontation with one of the vampires and they did something that messed with his mojo and now he's just off kilter. Um, yeah, so yeah, he's definitely kind of losing control here. Uh, we have, so it starts off with um, Robbie and his brother. Just, uh, he's driving him to school, and he, the brother's screaming, "Drive faster!" And 
it's you know um, we get the hell charger just like kind of talking into his head more and yes yes like taunting him mm-hmm. and and the car nearly kills both of them again yeah and it sounds like the hell charger is like threatening mm-hmm. his brother the entire time now his little brother can't hear it and doesn't see anything that's happening because at first I was like is this a dream because yeah. like literally chains like wrap around mm-hmm. his little brother and everything and I thought he could see it at the time but later on and that's why right away I was like oh this must be a dream this can't mm-hmm. actually happen. No, no, it was happening, you know, and Robbie's having a breakdown because of it, because then he ends up at Avengers Tower, and he's trying to basically figure out, like, how he can get rid of the Hell Charger. Well, he actually goes, I guess that day, he goes out to the field and tries to destroy the Hell Charger and doesn't work. Mm -hmm. It ends up back at his house (laughs) the next day. He should have saw that coming. Yeah, right, and I I feel like he's done that before, Uh so... um, but he's definitely a character who's completely like, you know, is just being torn apart, you know, and he, he's, he's, he's trying to figure out who he is and mm-hmm. he's just done with being Ghost Rider because he feels like it's threatening his younger brother. Now, do you feel like if his brother wasn't in the picture, he'd be more willing to deal with, you know, the Ghost Rider as an entity? Um, maybe a little bit. But at the same time, I feel like it still would find something to drag him down, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah, they're just using his brother as, like, a mm-hmm. you know, and everything, so. Um, so, but yeah, he ends back up, you know, with, you know, Black Panther and, you know, a group of the Avengers, and they're trying to solve the problem of, you know, the Hell Charger. Yes. You know, they end up calling uh, Damien uh, Hellstraman uh, to do an exorcism. So, um, which is something I've ne- I don't think I've ever seen done with Ghost Rider mm-hmm. in the past. So it's an interesting idea. Um, some great back and forth between like Blade and Hellstrom and everything. Um, I love that Blade explains to Robbie like this isn't how like his idea of how all of this is working isn't correct. Yes, you know. Yes, well, and, and Blade has had you know so mm-hmm. many runs in with Ghost Rider, like you know Danny Catch and Johnny Blaze, so he knows the mythos well. Um, so I, and I love how cold Blade is, mm-hmm. you know, at one point, like he talks about having to kill him, um, you know, and I think it's a cap that is having, he's having the interaction with where, or maybe it's Panther where <laughs> Panther's like Blade, like pump the brakes basically, mm-hmm. um, you know, we're going to try to help the boy. So, um, but yeah, no, they're, they're trying to do the exorcism and everything like that. Um, things go awry. You know, uh, Robbie ends up in hell, it seems like, you know, and he's face to face with Johnny Blaze. Yes, again on the highway that we saw before. Yes. Um, And then, you know, the car is going like insane and they're trying to figure out how to get rid of the car. Um, You know, because at one point I think Carol's like, you know, go ahead and, you know, teleport it into the sun or something like Mm. that. But it's so bonded with, you know, Robbie that, you know, they're scared that could kill him. So I love that they just have the power to teleport the car to the sun. <laughs> <laughs> I also we did get kind of you know um, a look at uh, the aftermath once again of everything that happened. Mm-hmm. In, um, I can't even think of the name of the series now. A war the realms. Event. War realms. Thank there you. you. <laughs> I was like, it just happened. Um, and I really enjoyed it. But yeah, no war realms and everything with them cleaning up and everything. So. I thought that was cool. And then we run, uh, Tony finds like a, like, yeah, they, um, they find, so Akoi finds a cave 
Um, they had some source, great source of evil. Yes, and it turns out to be a helmet of Iron Man's made out of stone. Yes, and he, I, he alludes to like or something yes. Too. <laughs> They're like, "Have you ever been in here before, or anything?" And the, he, of course, immediately alludes to like, "I haven't been in here now, but at some point I will be." So we're mm-hmm. definitely going to get some weird time travel thing with him. Well, I think yeah, it sounds like he, he's. I think he was more alluding to that he must have been in there at some point, you know, mm. and he just doesn't recall that. So, yeah, I'm guessing that at some point something happens because it's a, it, it, they say that it's an ancient evil, you know, and it's definitely made out of stone. Mm. So I, who knows where the hell we're going, you know, and I know they've been kind of throughout this whole run, you know, Aaron's run, they've been talking about like the BC Avengers and everything. So maybe it's some, somehow ties into that. Um, but yeah, no, I, it, we'll see. We'll see. I mean, this is going to be... I like that we're getting different arcs, you know, like different kinds of stories like throughout and everything. Like this group of ventures definitely has... And Aaron's run in general have more of a horror element, you know, to it with like Ghost Rider being on the team, Blade being on the team, vampires. But we're also getting like arcs like with the Winter Guard, mm-hmm. and, you know. I love that. Like it changes up, you know. It never gets too stale or so, and I like that they focus on character a lot yes. in this, too. Like, Robbie's not just, you know, someone filling out numbers on the roster. You know, really, if you think about that first arc, we were really seeing the Avengers for the first time through his eyes and everything. You know, so, um, you know, he's a major character in this book. And, they've you know, they've done him justice, you know, and really gave him a lot of spotlight. Yes, finally. <laughs> yes, yes, that's great. So, all right. All right, well, finishing out, I read Batman, Man Who Laughs. I finished it up. Uh, we was didn't... this the last issue? Yes, this was the final issue of this arc. Okay. Uh, is it more than just one? Well, this is it ends this series. Okay. But it definitely spoilers. There is a cliffhanger that definitely leads you on to, like, oh, what more could possibly Is it another, happen? like, you think there's another event booking, book coming? Like, um, It says it continues on, the story continues on in Batman and Superman. Oh, okay. So, okay. something definitely going on there. But, um, man. He, he, he made some interesting choices, uh, you know, with this book in general. Um, Snyder wrote this mm-hmm. one. Um, and you were enjoying I know the first few issues at least you were enjoying it. I was enjoying it. It definitely seemed like a better handling than metal. Okay. Um, but we get to this point where they're explaining what, you know... Uh, the Batman who laughs like whole plan and everything. And it's like how he needs to use the happiness of other um, Bruce Wayne's and other, and the dark multiverse to like create an evil serum that will turn everyone into like this, like dark version of themselves. Okay. <laughs> and it's, it just, it felt so weirdly convoluted that I couldn't like, it took me out of the story so much. Yeah, it feels more of like, Along the lines of what we're getting with metal, we're exactly a lot of weirdness. Like, I need this item to, you know, get this item, mm-hmm. which will do this, you know. And they all felt very like plot devicey, <laughs> you uh, know. So, was it more the same here? For for a moment, I mean, like, like there's a good with him killing Bruce Wayne's that are happy just because he's a like, <laughs> exactly. That, that's good. Enough that for felt me. like more interesting, like where you know. The beginning of the series, we have Batman analyzing people that pretty much 
are having happy lives, mm -hmm. making different decisions than he is, you know? Yeah, they find that corpse mm -hmm. that, you know, is a Bruce Wayne who actually lived a life without being Batman. And, and it like, felt so much more demented because of that. And more like twisted. Laugh lines. Yes. Like <laughs> <laughs> you know, he had a successful marriage to, like, Selena Kyle yeah. and everything. Um, and, like, uh, the message in the end, like, Snyder, like, finishes off the series where he's making this message about, like, who Batman is, of course, again. Um, mm. But it's like he makes his point, and then he just keeps going. And for some reason, like, he's, it's just Batman just, like, keeps explaining, yeah, this is what's really going on. And over, it over-explains who he is as a character. Okay. Um, <laughs> well, I feel like Snyder, obviously, in his you know, mm. many different runs on Batman... Um, has like really like gone into that territory, you know. Yes. Really, just kind of. I mean, he has getting a clear down to like love. the minutia of like what makes mm. Batman tick. Um, so did it feel like he was kind of like treading over, you know? Yeah, he was definitely treading ground. over the like um, in this final issue. Uh, Batman comes to this conclusion, like after the you know the the battle is won, um, he you know he actually does fully succumb. To becoming the man who laughs. Mm -hmm. And um, they have this like. Pretty much. This weird fight. The standoff against each other. Where they're just like. One's trying to kill the other. And everything. And the only reason he wins. Is that there's still. This small inkling that he is. The Batman you know. Okay. So, so there's, there's this like metaphorical reason. For him still you know. Overcoming all of this because he is this bat this universe is batman okay and the the message after that you know bat uh bruce wayne immediately starts saying you know i am the worst batman you know i didn't i fail you know i fail everything else because he's he's seen the happiness of all these other batman so you're saying the dc universe is batman yes the one that we have he's saying he's the worst he batman. is the worst one because his world can't you know, function or have happiness mm -hmm. the same way as others. You know, it's it's really fucked up, but it's like... <laughs> but does that really... Does the math work on that, though? Like, is he really the worst? I mean, don't you think the man who laughs is the worst Batman? I don't know. He's going to other, like, mm -hmm. worlds and killing Batmans, like... But then, of know? course, it just rolls into a metaphor for who Batman is, and that's just what that becomes. Like, the last... 10 issues, episodes, not issues, uh, pages. pages. Yeah. You know, it's like, who is Batman? Why is this Batman this way while others can be happy? And I mean, he's definitely, I mean, he's lost some battles, mm -hmm. you know, um, but I, I mean, and Gotham is a fucking mess half the time. <laughs> so I kind of see where he's coming mm -hmm. from. But they the are alluding time, to like, this is all I feel his like he fault. wins more than he mm -hmm. loses. So. But there are a lot of things. He does have that Tony Stark in him where, you know, he causes as many problems as he does, like, solve at times. Um, but, yeah, I don't know. That might be a little harsh. You mm. know? Um, so, I mean, overall, since you're done with the whole, you know, miniseries, what would you give it if you were going to give it a star rating? Um, I'd probably keep it at like a four star level. You know, it okay. was still very enjoyable. That's, I, that's a good. There's, there's so many good elements to it. It just has a weak finish. Okay. You know, do you feel like they didn't stick the landing because there's still more story to tell? I guess it's you know, it's where the man who laughs is 
So the story kind of ends with the man who laughs is trying to infect the world with this. But in the end, his ace in the hole was only one person gets infected with it. And it's Gordon. Okay. So we see like um, Gordon's text box like slowly start to get some red lines in it and everything. Oh. And so going forward now, Gordon has like this twisted element to him that oh, we wow. don't know yet. So that, okay. So and that's probably the next chapter. Yes. Wow. So we'll okay. see. And he also like the, the man who laughs isn't dead. He's just chained up. They're not. They're not killing that character mm. anytime soon. It's a cool character. <laughs> it He's, is. He does awesome things. So yeah. No. Awesome things. <laughs> <laughs> You're fucking the head. <laughs> <laughs> but four stars. That's. I mean, that's that's a good rating. Mm. It that's was. Fun. It was significantly better than metal. I will say that. That's, that's not saying much. Though. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So that's gonna do it for comics. Yes. Let's talk some wrestling. Woo. Right here, right here, is symbolic of what it's all about. This is the world's heavyweight title. And when I say this, I mean it in all sincerity. The world's heavyweight title, held by Harley Race. Not once, but twice. Over half of my life devoted to what I do better than any other human being in wrestling. I am not going to allow any human being to insult me or this. And when I say that, I mean it in dead sincerity. When I walk in that ring, I'm walking in there as world's heavyweight champion. I'm walking in there to defend what I hold probably more close than any other man has ever held. This is my life. You've heard your Ric Flair's talk about being cock of the walk. You've heard your Thunderbolt Patterson's. You've heard them all, Ole Anderson. They all talk about being the man. Flair parades around saying that he is the ultimate man. Well, buddy, this is symbolic of being everything that any human being ever wanted to be. That man is Harley Race. And for one of those individuals that I've mentioned, or the various others, to beat me, then let them walk around and claim to be what they are. You're looking at the world's heavyweight champion, the man that can truthfully say that he can beat any man in the world. All right, Damon, so starting off wrestling this week, we're getting into New Japan results. That's right, and yes, it, we're smack dab in the middle of the G1. Yes. Um, <laughs> so, and we've got, what, like, how many nights of wrestling took place since the last time we did a show? Man. Four? Oh, uh, five. Five, Jesus nope, Christ. No, wait, no, four. four. Four is correct. It's That's still plenty. Yes. Because <laughs> these are all, like, pay-per-view and beyond mm. caliber events. So I can't imagine how these guys are feeling right now. <laughs> Jesus Christ, man. Um, so we got what? We got A Block uh, for Saturday, July 27th. Yes, we had Cody Ibushi going up against Lance Archer. Cody with the win. Uh, Will Ospreay defeating Bad Luck Fale. Evil defeating Zack Sabre Jr. And Hiroshi Tanahashi defeating Sonata. 
And for the main event, they had Okada going up against Kenta. Uh, Okada was the victor. Now, I only caught like a sprinkling of matches mm-hmm. here and there from every night. You know, I didn't. I don't have enough time to watch every fucking show, unfortunately. <laughs> um, but I did catch Okada versus Kenta. Yes. Um, I thought it was a damn good match. Mm-hmm. Um, I liked, you know, I liked Okada going over. You know, I thought that was pretty predictable. Um, you know, I liked the handshake at the end. Where it's kind mm-hmm. of like, you know, it seemed like Okada was like the ambassador for New Japan, you know, and trying to like accept Kenta finally. Because we had Tanahashi doing the opposite in their match, you know, between him and uh, Kenta, where he kind of walked away from Kenta at the end. You know, it seemed like Okada was accepting him mm-hmm. into New Japan. Um, you know, so I don't know if the crowd will <laughs> accept him because they've been kind of mixed with Man. him. Right. I mean, just like online comments alone from J- Japanese fans are still pretty heavily against Kenta. Yeah, it's weird. You know, I... I, I it, and that's a vocal minority, of course, but still. But they are, I guess, you know, when it comes to the different promotions over there, they're very, like, mm-hmm. territorial, you know, where, you know, you you guys stay over there and we stay over here, you know. There are people who weren't happy with Kenta coming to New Japan. Could you imagine if Kenta had won, though? Oh my God! Yeah, yeah, they'd be pissed. They'd be pissed. So, because they, I mean, yeah, he was undefeated up to that. Mm-hmm. Do you think Okada stays undefeated? I feel like there's a huge chance that Okada stays undefeated throughout yeah. this. Yeah. Um, Lance Archer has just been a fucking beast. Mm-hmm. He's really just reinvented himself. Um, I'm really impressed with him. I feel like they have plans for him. The way they're booking him and everything. Because um, he's had really, really good mm-hmm. showings. Um, you know, he's such a talented fucking guy. You know, to work at that, the rate he does for that size is impressive. I know Bushi definitely put over how horrifying it is to be in the ring with Archie. Yes, yes, yes. And the ta- I mean, all the talent across the board, mm-hmm. I feel like it's done a great job, you know, pulling out awesome matches with him and everything like that. But I mean, I feel like he has a part in that too. Yes. So, um, but yeah, he. It's 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 really impressive, you know. And they love their big guys. They protect their big guys well, you know. It's not like WWE where mm. you'll have like a little guy, you know, being a big guy and having it not even be a big deal. Like if you're a big man, they give you a certain level of respect, you know. They because they do play that realism card more. Mm-hmm. So um, you know, I enjoy that. I feel like Braun would have a huge run. Oh, yeah, they love the shit out of Braun. Are you kidding me? <laughs> 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 they would love that guy. Alright, so we got B-Block. Uh, yes, we have Goto going up against Yano. Uh, Goto won. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, we had Ishii defeating Juice Robinson. This was actually my favorite night, uh, my favorite uh, match on this card. Was yeah. Ishii and Robinson. You know, I keep forgetting how short and small Ishii actually is. Isn't it funny? Compared to Juice Robinson. Because in other matches, it seems like when he was in the ring with Moxley and when he was in the ring with uh, Robinson, it was jarring like mm-hmm. how small he is. <laughs> but he, is, he plays so big. Mm-hmm. You know, like his, his skill set and, you know, the way he comes off in the ring, you know, style-wise plays big but yeah he he's feels so tiny <laughs> uh-huh. when he's up you know in there and i don't know how tall robinson is i don't think he's like like he's a, not a, a huge huge yeah but we're guessing, like we watch wwe like on a regular basis yeah but but even like wwe at this point is getting smaller and smaller mm-hmm. but i feel like he's maybe six one six two mm-hmm. but yeah yeah i mean 
Ishii must be like I'm guessing maybe like five ten, five nine or something. So, uh, but that I love the back and forth in this match. I love that it was just them like trying to one up each other. Mm-hmm. There was fucking throat chops being thrown at one point. Um, it was it was a fun fucking match. Ishii's just been stealing the show. Like he hasn't had a bad match mm-hmm. um, this G one at all. He doesn't. He rarely ever has a bad match. But I feel like a lot of times like. His matches can be a little predictable. Um, and sometimes I just don't like the way they book him. You know, like, I, I hate seeing him tap out. I know it's supposed to be based in more realism and everything like that. But to me, that's a guy who passes out of the ring. Yes. Um, <laughs> you know, he's such a fucking badass. But my, he's so impressive, though. This but I G1. love what I'm seeing from Robinson this year in general. Yes. Yes, I agree, too. I like that he has more of an edge to his mm-hmm. character and everything. You know, um, I, I definitely like that. You know, I... I I think they need to capitalize more on that, though. Um, Because he still has those flamboyant tendencies and everything. Um, You know, where I I could see even more of an edge with him. Mm -hmm. So, um, you know, maybe we'll get that. You know, maybe that's part of his arc here. So, all right, moving on. Juice for Suzuki Gun. (laughs) (laughs) That'd be insane. Um, For the rest of that night, we have Jeff Cobb defeating Taichi. We have um, Jay White defeating Shingo uh, Yakagi, and we have John Moxley defeating Naito. What did you think of the Moxley and Naito match? I really enjoyed it. I was it was my favorite match of that night, but I thought I was I, I enjoyed it, but I don't know if my expectations were too. Hmm. I love the back and forth they had during the tag match the night before, um, and they had just great chemistry. Naito just getting on Moxley's skin and everything, um, just fun back and forth between the two so leading into the match and i was excited about it like when it was announced you know when they were doing the brackets but i don't know i just i, I think i was just expecting more mm-hmm. from the two of them for some reason like, I definitely it was a think, damn good match yes, i definitely think we could get more from them especially like at like wrestle kingdom or something yeah and maybe they were saving that mm-hmm. you know maybe that you know, because, I mean, technically they could meet in the finals of this bracket. So, I mean, maybe we'll... No, right? No, they can't, right? They don't do it that way, where it's the two... Where it's the two highest points totals against each other. I thought that's how is, it is that Is that how it works? But, I mean, point? Naito has to really work his way up at this point. Well, and we'll talk about it when mm. we talk about the scorecard. Because, really, the field is still wide open when it comes to the B bracket right now. Yes. So, the B block. So, um, but, all right. So, but, yeah. I was a little disappointed with the match, but I don't know what I was expecting. You know? <laughs> did you want someone to be dropped on their head? No, I did not want that. <laughs> um, I just I think I enjoyed Moxley versus Ishii more. Mm. I'm just all over Ishii this this, <laughs> this year. I don't know, man. I don't know. Moxley's had has been having a lot of great matches with the bigger guys. It just shows you mm-hmm. like how much they are holding him back in WWE or how miserable he was. Mm-hmm. Because you're still getting a little bit of that zaniness from that character. Um, but he's got such a great, like, I don't know, style in the ring, you know. He's so aggressive. And so, like I, I don't know, man. I mean, I, it just it's fun watching him just completely unhinged, you know. Um, and just off the leash. Just style-wise. And we didn't uh, talk about it last week, but I did absolutely love his AEW promo explaining that he went to Japan to pretty much learn all the styles that Kenny Omega has been fighting under. That was And awesome. tying it all the fuck together. How smart was that? <laughs> to tie that together. That was great. 
and a- and we'll talk about some AEW stuff mm. um, later on. But they've been doing they've been killing it with those like um, road to yes. shows mm. like that. That's a, like just an iota of what the production value is going to be on the actual show when they go you know live on you know in October. I mean, I'm I'm really excited for that. So that's something that I feel like WWE's forgotten about. Mm. You know. So if they can produce something that quality on a weekly basis, fuck yeah. <laughs> All right. Um, so next up we have Tuesdays. Uh, we have A Block for Kota Ibushi defeating Bad Luck Fale. Zack Sabre Jr. defeating Will Ospreay. Um, Okada defeating Lance Archer. Sonata defeating Kenta. And Tanahashi defeating Evil. Okada did a great job putting over Archer. Mm. You know, just even though he got the win. Felt like he did a great job of putting him over, you know, once again, like as a legitimate threat in that match. Um, you know, like he looked fearful at times. I was surprised by Sonata beating Kenta, mm-hmm. you know, at that point. Um, you know, um, I love what I'm seeing from Sonata though, and I think I said before he's really coming out of his shell and everything. You know, he's doing the, the Hogan ear cup and everything like that. The fans <laughs> seem to be really behind him. Um, but yeah, no, I. Definitely good stuff. So. I was actually thinking Osprey was going to beat Saber, but their match was intense. Yeah, I'm glad <laughs> that Osprey is kind of toned it down after mm. his injury, too. You know, he's not just falling on his head left and right. Um, he was one of my favorites, though, so I'm a, I'm a little disappointed that you know, with the results that we're getting from him. Yeah. But I know that was he one of your uh, wild cards? He or? was. I think he was my mm. like yeah my. Dark Horse. Um, I could see him, like, next year, like, it being, you know, his year. I mean, he's very much running what the path that Robinson ran Yeah, I was going to say, last year. kind of the juice run. Yeah, absolutely. So, all right. So, what do we have with Thursday? Uh, for the B block, we have Jeff Cobb defeating Shingo Takagi. We have, we have Yano defeating John Moxley. We have Naito <laughs> defeating <laughs> Juice Robinson. And we have White defeating Tachi and Goto defeating Ishii. So the tags um, that take place, you know, before mm-hmm. you know the G one actually starts, you know, where they kind of tease everything that's you know, you know, the B block goes, you know, in their tag matches, you know, before the A blocks, um, you know, G one, you know, starts. Uh, I've been really enjoying those this year. Um, where I feel like they've been really integral to like the storytelling of the match the next night, um, but Yano's and Moxley yes. were was just fantastic. <laughs> you know, um, Moxley trying to buy the DVD so he can scout Yano, like, and then like literally like uh, Shooter going to the you know I don't know it was a ring announcer or someone mm-hmm. giving him money so he can purchase the DVD and everything like that. But like at that moment, I was like, oh my god, Yano's gonna fucking beat Moxley. <laughs> Like, I, and I, I get it. It's like mm. Yano's role, you know, as the spoiler in these things. But I just wish it would have been someone else <laughs> at this point. So, I mean, we saw Naito fucking fall to Yano this year. I mean, he's had, Yano's having a run. Because yes. remember, it was last year his story was, like, he was trying to, like, go legit, like, the first, like, couple matches that he had. And have, like, straight up wrestling matches and out-wrestle people. And it was actually working. You know, for a little bit. Um, but yeah, you know, I, I, I'm enjoying this Yano. So, I, God forbid Vince McMahon sees him. Like before, <laughs> God forbid. No, their matches were definitely comedy gold. Yes. yes. And they're <laughs> short and, you know, uh, they don't 
you know, stay too long. You know, they're kind of like, they're that comedy break that, you know, you might need, you know, when you're dealing with back-to-back-to-back-to-back nights like this. All right, well, let's talk about their points overall. Uh, We have Okada at the top of 12. (laughs) Perfect score. Uh Um, We have Kenta, Ibushi, and Tanahashi all with eight. We have Evil with six. Uh, We have Archer, Osprey, Sonata, and Shaber Jr. with four. And Bad Luck Fale with two, of course. So I think that means Archer, Osprey, Sonata, Saber, and Fale are automatically, they're out. With Okada having 12. Mm. Now, I think they're... That's how the eliminations start. Yeah, they're automatically eliminated. I, I mean, they'll still wrestle their matches, obviously. Yes. But I feel like now, I think that's too much. And I could be wrong. I feel like point total wise, that's too much for them to overcome. Mm. at this point so they're all going to be basically playing spoilers now <laughs> um you know uh i'm not surprised to see kenta with eight you know still abushi and tanahashi up there so i think they're probably all still legit contenders to come out of the a block but it just feels like it's gonna be okada mm-hmm. you know I, I don't know I, I don't see him winning or i'm sorry i don't see him losing until the finals at least um you know I would not be surprised if he wins the whole thing. So just to, to keep on harping on the fact that he'd be the first champion to win the G1. So, that's another feat to add to it. Yeah, it's another feather in his cap. So now if that's the case, and we don't know how the G1 plays out, obviously, mm. he gets to choose his opponent at Wrestle Kingdom. Storyline-wise, where do you think he's going? If he, if that, If he was to win the whole thing. I mean, who hasn't he fought at this point that deserves a title shot? I could, one I could see could I could see it being Moxley, but I feel like Moxley is going to come out of the you know the G one, you know at least be in the finals at mm-hmm. this point. Maybe not, you know, because I feel like he's probably meant to you know end up with Juice, you know, um, at Russell Kingdom, um, or beforehand. So and I just feel like that's too obvious of a winner, or at least I would assume that it is. I what for, for Moxley, Moxley versus Okada? It, it would obviously be Okada coming out of Wrestle Kingdom. Yeah, but I think it's a match that everyone wants to see. You know, I think people want to see. Uh, not necessarily at Wrestle Kingdom. I feel like it'll be at least the finals. Yes, that's yeah. That I understand. I'm yeah. saying like if Okada was to pick someone right now. I doubt it'd be Moxley. Oh yeah, if if Moxley ends up winning the B block and faces Okada, mm-hmm. you know, in the finals, he's not Okada's not going to pick Moxley. You know, you're not going to have a back to back match. You know, like that. I would think. You know, unless mm-hmm. he's just so impressed with Moxley, um, then I could see him picking Naito. You know, because um, otherwise, I don't know where he. God, it better not be Tanahashi. <laughs> <laughs> It wouldn't do like, two in a row, right? Oh, man. <laughs> well, it wouldn't be two in a row, right? Because Tanahashi actually faced Omega at Russell Kingdom. Oh, so it wouldn't be right. two in a row. I mean, Okada fought Tanahashi this mm-hmm. year, though. But they have a storyline. So that's that would be my fear. Yeah. <laughs> throw it to Ibushi. I would um, my <laughs> hope, my where I would want to go is, is Naito. Mm-hmm. Okada. 
Like, let's just do it. Um, <laughs> so, but, okay, well, B-Block, what are the standings? Uh, well, John Moxley's got a 10, and then we have Juice Robinson, Ishii, Yano, Naito, Goto, Cobb, White, all with six. Yeah. And then um, Taichi and Takagi with four. So they might be eliminated at this point. Um, but, man, the field is wide open in the B-Block. So it's anyone's ball game. You know, and I could definitely, I mean, there's definitely a scenario where it isn't Moxley, you know, after losing to Yano. You know, if he had 12, I'd be like, okay, now he's running away with this. But it, it feels like the field is wide open. So, I mean, Naito could technically catch up here. Hey, but so could Yano. Right? So could Yano. Yano's got <laughs> points. You're right. You know. So, I mean, if you could pick the scenario here, who would you have in the finals? I feel like I would like to see, like, I feel like the best booking decision is to do Okada versus Moxley for the finals. Because you're not going to see them fight at Wrestle Kingdom. That's what I'm assuming. You know, I'm. it makes me feel like if you don't get Moxley versus Okada in the finals, then you are going to see them yeah, fight at Wrestle Kingdom. Because yeah. they're going to want that match. So, I mean, as insane as it sounds, because I would never have picked that. Unless they do it at like the end of a Super Junior tournament or whatever. Yeah, maybe next. they do something where like down the line, mm-hmm. you know. But you know, just with his contract situation, you know, I don't know. But unless they're like, well, this is bringing a lot of eyes on the product and everything, and you know, we saw what Jericho did for us. You know, it just you know, I, I, even I think their subscriptions went up like in incredible amounts. Mm-hmm. And, you know, people like the like it was one of the most watched Russell Kingdoms. Um, so, and then I guess the box office was crazy for them last year, um, with Jericho. So I don't know, man. I don't know. Money talks sometimes. <laughs> so it will de- definitely be interesting. I like that the field's wide open in the B block because mm. it did feel like Moxley was running away with it. I just wish he didn't lose to Yano. <laughs> I get, I guess I could appreciate it though. If anyone, I mean, you know, just the comedy of it all. Mm. <laughs> So that he's just been on this tear, and then he came across Yano, <laughs> and it was a countout too. <laughs> so, um, all right. Well, to bring it back to the states, what's been going on in WWE this week? You know what? For the most part, the shows have been better. I will say that. Um, Raw was probably one of the best Raws that we've had in a while. Um, they got away from the insane fucking booking around the advertisements. We are actually able to wrestle now through the breaks. Um, so that's done with. Thank God. So I don't know if they felt like they just needed to make the product really shitty for us to like <laughs> appreciate it again. But yeah, so all those weird, like gimmicky fucking, you know, best out of three falls, mm. all that shit kind of went away um, this week finally. Um, but with um, SmackDown, it was a, it was a pretty damn good show too. Um, we got Kofi versus AJ, which was a fantastic match. Um, but at the same time, like it was a match where I almost feel like it didn't necessarily need to help, like happen. You know, it, it was a fun match to see. It was mm-hmm. really well put together. Um, but like, I don't like that AJ and the you know the OC. I hate calling them that. It's awful. Um, are taking any kind of loss right now? I feel like you keep on building them. You know, and I, I guess it doesn't hurt to lose to the champion, um, but at the same, I, I just want to see them being heels. 
you know, and even if like, it's one of those occasions where I'd actually be okay with like the end of the match being kind of a DQ where like they just jump Kofi Mm. at the end of a grueling match and stuff. Because I feel like wins and lot they fucking matter, even though WWE doesn't, (laughs) you know, care about them. Because another one thing that did annoy me was we had Bailey teaming up with Ember Moon against, um, I guess Alexa Bliss and um, Nikki Cross. Nikki Cross. And Ember Moon took the pin to Alexa Bliss. I was like, you're building her to be like, Mm -hmm. I mean, one, she didn't even technically earn the number one contendership. Bailey just kind of challenged her. You know, she wasn't on this awesome win streak or anything like that, which is something that's just gone kind of a wayward, like lately. It's like win streaks. Like they Mm -hmm. forgot how to push people. Um, Maybe that starts again, hopefully. Um, But then, so you had her name her and everything like that. I liked what they did last week with her, giving her an edge and everything, throwing Bailey into the ring to Charlotte. But then this week you have her kind of, I don't know, look weak. You know? Was there at least tension between the two of them? Who? Bailey and, and Ember. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Okay. Uh, they they had a little talk before, you know, the match and everything. And Bailey reminded her why she was there. You know, I picked you, you know, um, just so you know, I'm going to be civil like during the match and everything. But, you know, after that, you know, watch your back. If you try to turn on me, watch your back. So then Ember, you know, eats the pin, which... You know, I don't want Bailey to lose, but I didn't feel like anyone needed like why are we protecting Alexa Bliss and mm-hmm. Nikki Cross at this point? Um, but then um Bailey gets into the ring, helps um Ember move up, and then she fucking hits her uh Bailey to belly suplex on her. So that was nice, you know, and then Bailey kinda like stood in the ring kind of looking smug after that. So they're kind of like one upping each other. Mm-hmm. So I'm cool with that. I just don't like Ember Moon like, you know, losing. I just want them to get to the point again where they care about fucking losses. Um, yeah, it, just, it doesn't make any sense. What does that do for Alexa Bliss? No, and they've done us. it a few times this this past, like the last couple months where like there's been like losses where it's like, why? That person did not need to lose. And a lot of it was during those three, like, you know, you know best of three fall matches. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, where I was like, I think Kofi took his first pin, you know, of his title run during one of those where I was like, Billy, like he's been undefeated this entire time. Why would you have him get pinned at this point? You know, mm-hmm. like, I know technically he didn't lose the match, but to even see the visual of him getting pinned, I feel like you lose that allure. Um, uh, I thought the Trish Stratus and Charlotte stuff was well done. You know, it wasn't overproduced. It was like straight to the point and everything. And, you know, it, it told the story. So I was happy with that. Um, we get we did on SmackDown. We did get um, Bray coming out. You know he wasn't on Raw, so a lot of people were disappointed. But um, he actually interrupted um, a match with uh, Finn and Ziggler uh, with his Funhouse. So it was Bray, you know, doing basically a Funhouse, um, you know, in response to Finn's challenge. Um, he accepted the challenge and everything like that. Um, but then, it, of course, he's you know Baylor Balor's. Distracted, mm. and he loses to Ziggler. So I feel like Ziggler's just going to, uh, uh, not Ziggler, um, Balor's going to just get squashed by Bray at SummerSlam. I mean, I hope so. You know, I, I do. I feel pushes. like okay, especially since he's taking. If mm. he wasn't taking the the break that he is, you know, I guess he's going to be off for like two or three months. Um, I wouldn't want to see this as a first match for Bray. Mm. Um, but since he is, then it makes sense. I want the Fiend to no sell everything. 
Yeah, I don't know if they'll go that far. I just feel like it's going to be like a two-minute match. Mm. You know, and they've got a lot of matches coming up. Uh, the one thing <laughs> that was just glaring with its awfulness on SmackDown, and it almost ruined the whole show, because the show was solid overall, was the end angle that they shot. So on Raw, we had the Samoan Summit, which is just absolutely, like, why would you even call it a Samoan Summit? You don't have, like, a, a white guy meeting, like, <laughs> like it's, it's like, why? <laughs> who's, like, booking this, like, <laughs> to call it the Samoan Summit? Um, but so they, they, the Samoan Summit doesn't even happen. There's just a big, you know, schmaz after um, Brock comes out and surprises Seth and mm. beats the shit out of that was fine. I feel like we saw it right before WrestleMania, though. Um, I did like the brutality that Brock showed. I mean, he fucking F5'd him onto this fucking gurney. I don't know if you saw the yeah, I saw that. Clip. It was pretty nasty. Uh-huh. And they had him spitting up blood and shit like that. And they were getting, like, close-ups. Um, so that was well done. But then they had this whole, like, like, for some reason, like... Joe just decides to jump him right then and there. And then the Usos are there and, you know, um, the club show up and they're going at it. Um, the whole thing just ends with just a fucking huge brouhaha at the end, which was fine. Like, I don't mind them, like, ending the show like that. But um, once again, Roman got one up on Samoa mm. Joe. Like, and this is the second time this has happened in the last two weeks. So it felt like they were leading to a possible match once again um, between those two at SummerSlam. But if that's the case, like, I don't know why the fuck we would care. But, you know, cut to SmackDown through the whole fucking um, show. They're teasing, you know, Roman's announcement. He's going to announce. He's picking who he wants to face at SummerSlam. So you have this fucking great match between AJ Styles and Kofi Kingston. Um, we don't get to see the celebration though, because we only have like a minute or two left. We cut to back to the backstage and there's the interviewer. I can't figure out which one it is. And they all kind of just, you know, merge <laughs> together at this point. Um, and she's like sitting there like, okay, Roman Reigns is coming now. And right away, I know something's up because Roman's like down the hall approaching them. Yes. I was like, what? What is going on? <laughs> and I'm like, okay, well, they're trying new things, whatever. But they show him walking and everything like that. Like, he didn't even know the segment was happening. You know? <laughs> like, they're just like, you know, you know, uh, ambushing him in the middle of the hallway to figure out who his opponent is. But then, all of a sudden, all hell breaks loose. And this, like, giant scaffolding thing, you know, falls onto Roman. But it's so, like, poorly done in the fact that it's so overproduced that it looks comical like there's like 10 camera shots like camera shots like cut aways Mm -hmm. um all in one little like 30 second segment and like at one point they even do a fucking point of view shot from the fucking scaffolding I didn't even notice that, but why once you there... bring it up, I'm like, I totally see it. I remember yes. it happening. Like, why would you even? <laughs> why would there be a camera on the scaffolding? <laughs> like, Someone was prepared. Um. So and Roman just gets up. I guess it didn't hit him, you know, because he gets up. He no sells it at least. Um. You know, maybe he thought he was, you know, wrestling against the Miz or something like that. Where just fucking felt like he didn't have to. So, mm. but he gets up and he brushes it off. They go and rush to help him, and it's like, no, no, I'm cool. 
And then he walks the other way. He doesn't even make his announcements. <laughs> I was like, what the fuck is this? What am I watching? I guess it's supposed to be like a who's done and everything like that. Mm-hmm. Um, I want it to be Rikishi. You know, I don't know if you, I, I don't, I, this might be before your time, but Stone Cold gets hit by a car in the parking lot. Mm-hmm. And then, like, we have like a three month mystery. And the end, it's Rikishi. <laughs> you know, who's a face at the time, but he gets that, he's a, it's that famous line, I did it for the rock. I did it for the rock. You you don't remember that don't at all? Remember. Okay, okay, watch. <laughs> <laughs> but I feel like that would be hilarious. We'll play it right now in the background. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to make you hunt down the clip. So, yeah, I, you know, hey, he's Simone. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, it, it, right away, obviously, everyone thinks it's Samoa Joe, possibly. Um, people are speculating that it's Daniel Bryan. I think even Meltzer said he heard that it's Daniel Bryan, mm. which would make sense because why don't you have Daniel Bryan on this card? Um, but, I mean, they haven't made sense much lately, so I wouldn't be surprised if he's not on the card. And he's been teasing his big announcement for the last, God, since the last pay-per-view. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so I, I don't know where we're going, man. Daniel Bryan versus Roman. It's a great fucking match. You know, I think they, did they, right before Mania, right? Right before when Daniel Bryan was back, but didn't win, or wasn't in the Rumble or something like that. They had like kind of a match between those two. Yeah. It was really fucking hard hitting. It was a good fucking match. Um, so if we get right. Yes. <laughs> well, exactly. Well, Roman, he's no slouch. Uh, Give him some credit. I'm just but saying. It was, it was a damn good match. So if we get something that caliber, it's just there's no buildup for it. It's, we're a week away from SummerSlam at this point. So I don't know where we're going. Um, I saw some uh, rumors mm-hmm. that they were thinking of doing The Rock, Brock Lesnar, and Roman Reigns triple threat. Universal title. Oh, Lord. Mania. And like having Rock in there to kind of, you know, freshen things up. Mm -hmm. Since we've seen Roman versus Brock a million times at this point. Yeah. It would be their idea of a super match. I don't know, man. I don't think I need it. (laughs) I don't need it. I don't know. Um, I like that they're kind of keeping Roman out of the title picture right now, but I feel like it's only a matter of time. You know, before he gets his hands on one of those belts. So at least he doesn't get booed out of the fucking building anymore. Yeah, but it, I think it will start again mm-hmm. if they feel like he's getting pushed too much. Uh, speaking of SmackDown, I do want to mention Kevin Owens and Drew McIntyre had a great fucking match on SmackDown. It was really well done. They had enough time and everything like that. They let Kevin shine. You know, I mean, he's got such a baby face, like, you know, moveset. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, it, I think it was refreshing to see him able to, like, use all of it and utilize all of it. Um, you know, he's doing swanton bombs and fucking frog splashes and everything. Because it sounds like McMahon would get pissed off at him for wrestling that style. They wanted mm-hmm. him more of a bruiser, you know, when he was a heel. But now that he's a baby face, he can fucking, you know, unleash you know, and use everything. So it was fun to see and everything like that. And it was nice to see Kevin actually get the win over McIntyre, you know, before he faces, you know, Shane. Because I could definitely, the way they've been booking lately, I wouldn't be surprised if all of a sudden Drew beats him, you know. Mm. Um, You know, and I feel like they've been protecting Drew, you know, 
you know, except for when he faces Roman Reigns. Uh, is is the SummerSlam match any special in any way, or is what Shane versus match? Kevin? Yeah. So yeah, that is going to be if Kevin loses, he quits. Mm. You know, it's not a straight like retirement match where Shane's career is also on the line because that makes me almost feel like Kevin's going to lose mm. just so they can run this angle where like Kevin maybe is just like gone rogue and still like coming out and fucking stunning people and shit. Um, you know, cause that was one thing like when Stone Cold, you know, and they're modeling this whole angle after Stone Cold, when Stone Cold was on the shelf and got injured, it actually elevated his character a lot because he could only like do the stunner really that's all they mm-hmm. wouldn't allow him to wrestle a match so they basically had him be like a vigilante and just like show up stun someone and just run off so i wouldn't be surprised if they go that route with kevin you want you want a uh, shane to get in a car and it blows up no <laughs> <laughs> were you referring to after uh vince gets in the car oh that's remember. later that's later on in the down the line okay that's yeah that was the <laughs> Vince, yeah. And he shows up on TV like fucking next week. <laughs> well, that, do you remember what happened? So he, so they were going to write Vince off the story, um, just storyline wise, write him off as a character, pretty much. So they have him meet his demise. He blows up in the limo, but then the Chris Benoit tragedy happened. Ah. So, like, they do a memorial show mm-hmm. for Chris Benoit that day, which was not a wise choice because not everything had come out yet um and then the next day all the reports came out of what actually happened mm-hmm. so they did this whole like memorial show where they had matches and talked about what a great guy benoit was and everything like that and then it turns out he was losing so yeah not a good look <laughs> <laughs> so but then since vince came out during that like everything that whole angle just went away <laughs> But yeah, anyway, um, any so they did add a few matches um, this week. Um, obviously, we have um, Charlotte versus Trish. Um, we did get the announcement of Miz versus Dolph. But supposedly, that's all a ruse. It's actually going to end up being Dolph versus Goldberg. Boo. So um, it's pretty much been confirmed by Meltzer, it sounds like. Um, someone from WWE actually like called up and said, "How did you know?" Like after there was this actual a report that Meltzer, there was a report that Meltzer reported it, but he didn't actually report it. And he was pissed off, and then WWE called and confirmed it with him. So, which is bizarre. Which might be bullshit too. Uh, you know, they might just be trying to throw smoke, you know, um, and get them off their scent. Because I could also see where the HBK at this point. Yes, but Dolph is mentioning Goldberg multiple times in. So I would almost, I wouldn't be surprised if like HBK comes out and then Goldberg comes out, you know, and they both like beat the shit out of him or anything. So I was like, Goldberg wants to get, you know, the bad taste out of everyone's mouth after his last match. The fact that Dolph is actually bringing up like how bad that match was though in promos is pretty fucking hilarious. It was a bad match. It was horrible. Yeah. <laughs> but usually you don't talk about like them just not being able to wrestle anymore. I guess. You know, kayfabe wise. But you know, it is what it is. Um, and then I'm trying to think was there any other matches named this week we've got 11 though or 12 oh Aleister Black was back in his room again 
you know, brooding, looking for a challenger, and Sami Zayn stepped up like the next segment and accepted the challenge. Um, as much as I want to see Black and Zayn have an awesome match, because they could have a fucking mm. awesome match, I'm kind of hoping this is a squash match also. Because I feel like Black needs that right mm. now, where he just destroys someone. I, I liked everything that they did with him and Cesaro. Um, I just felt like for his first, you know, you know, his his re-debut, if you will, um, he needed to have a strong win. I feel like it will be booked the exact same way, though. As you think Cesaro. they're going to have a good mm. back and forth? I know there's so many matches on this card, and it is Sammy, and Sammy hasn't won a match in a very long time. I guess. <laughs> Unfortunately, he went from like being their hottest heel to just, you know, man, a dumpster fire. So, um, but yeah, I, I'm hoping Black just dominates. You know, just for, you know, his push sake. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, because what, what kind of look is it if you can't fucking beat the guy that's jobbing to everyone else, you know, right now? Um, but yeah, so that's Roman's match is still, you know. 2BD. Uh, yeah, TBD, TBA. Um, and then, yeah, that's pretty much it. I don't, I don't see anything else. Brock, Seth, Kofi, Randy. Oh, the Randy Orton segment. They, they did on SmackDown. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you checked it out. Calling back see? to 2009. Yes. yes. Oh, you loved it. <laughs> Stupid. <laughs> good shit. Mm-hmm. That was good shit. That, it's like, why are we getting more of these fucking segments? Like these vignettes. The, fantastic. I don't yeah. know, Damon. But they, it was well done. I was like, okay, I'm excited for this match now. I'm glad that they went that route and everything. So, because it's a story that's like, uh-huh. you know, basically, you know, it's one of those stories that have been around for years and everything like that. How Orton like killed Kofi's fucking push. Um, so it's been talked about for years. So I love that they're actually using it in storyline. Um, you know, but yeah. And then AJ and Ricochet. I wouldn't be surprised if you get a tag title match because we don't have any tag title matches on this card, right? But I'm also not surprised that we don't have any tag title well, matches Well, at least you at least get a pre-show though, I would mm-hmm. think. I, I'm guessing you probably get the Usos first off. Dude, what, what the fuck is going on with the uh, women's tag title match? So, <laughs> do we, we talked about last week, right? They were No, but I it. put that clip in. <laughs> oh, did you? Yes. Okay. I should probably listen to the show. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, was it Fire and Desire? What are they calling yeah, them? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Sonya Deville and Mandy Rose. Yes, they were supposed to be getting a championship match or... You know, this is them talking uh-huh. <laughs> to get a championship match, but I'm guessing it was supposed to be a number one contendership match to get a championship match. Um, but they didn't have it. They didn't have the match. They shot a vignette afterwards. Um, I guess SmackDown was rewritten at four o'clock, which has been happening lately mm. by Vince himself, um, which is surprising here because it was actually a decent show. Um, but they decided to keep that off the card. So now you had. Um, the uh, Iconics leaving, fleeing the scene, saying that one of them said they had puppy flu or something. And then um, the Kabuki Warriors and, you know, Manny and, you know, Sonya, they basically confronted them in the parking lot. I don't know if they're teasing a three-way dance between them now or what, but yeah. Yeah. It's... Three-way ladder match between those three teams. <laughs> a ladder match? <laughs> Why not? <laughs> They give them like 30 minutes or something insane. <laughs> it would be a great fucking show opener. I wouldn't be surprised if that somehow makes its way onto the card. Um, 
But I, I'm guessing they're probably going to want to do Usos and, like, they'll see. I don't know why the Usos are still getting a fucking title shot because the Revival is beating them multiple times. You know? And, you know, they're getting drunk. <laughs> well, yes. Apparently you get rewarded with, you know, uh, you know, 15, 20-minute match on Raw. Opening Raw. I know. I thought at least um, they'd be taken off TV for a week. I used to get fucking fired for that shit. I don't know what's going on. Yeah, it's they really... They just don't care it's anymore. Not for fucking, it's, but they do... It's weird because they do care because they're, you know, still fucking... They're a corporate entity, you know? Mm-hmm. They... They have investors and everything like that. So, I mean, I don't know what it's going to take. Because they did this with Jeff, too. Mm-hmm. Hardy, when he was, like, he got arrested again, you know, for, you know, public drunkenness or whatever the hell they call that. So, um, you know, and he had the DUI earlier this year. Was that this year? Did the DUI? Well, wait, which one are you talking about? Jeff. Jeff, had Jeff a, yeah, Jeff's got something going on right now. He had the DUI. Well, he got, um, he got a ticket. Okay. For the um, public intoxication. Uh, but fucking, is it Jimmy? Mm. Right, Jimmy's been arrested twice yes. for a Dewey at this point. And they joked about it the fucking the, uh, Two Monday days before. before yeah. Yeah. Not a good fucking look, man. <laughs> and then you fucking highlight him on, you know, your show the next week. You know, and they, they fucking, they let out that press statement, which is so fucking weak. Like, he's responsible for his own, you know well-being or something it's like what are you okay it's just weird it's weird i swear they fucking fired eddie guerrero for a fucking uh for a dui you know way back when and that's before they were i mean they were trying to put on the public face of giving a shit but it's so i'm really surprised that they're just i mean unless they're just that much that that scared of aew that they are too scared to like reprimand or fire it because they did just re-sign the Usos for a mm. fucking big, you know, deal. Um, but I feel like at this point they have all the grounds to let him go. You know, if he doesn't get his act together. He should at least be in rehab. <laughs> you know, he should at least be forced to do something. Yeah. You know, it's really weird. Really weird. So I don't I don't get it. But anyway, speaking of AEW, uh, we had, well, we got the tickets going on sale yes. today as this episode drops. So... Maybe they're sold out at this point. I don't know. <laughs> um, they're working. It's their first show is in Washington, right? Washington D.C. Was it the Capital? Um, Capital yeah, Capital One Arena. Okay, um, and they're booking it for about fourteen thousand. Um, reasonably I, priced. Yeah, super super reasonable. <laughs> right? They're mostly twenty dollars tickets. And uh, it's like ninety ringside, but it's like uh, two hundred for like the collector's edition seats and stuff like that. Ringside is really fucking good though. Mm. What's the collector edition seats? So like you, you piqued my interest. Do you get like the chair? You get the chair. You get to take the chair home. Okay, okay. That's like the old WWE like um, yeah. pay per view type deal. That's pretty cool. Um, I feel like they're gonna sell out just because it's historic. Mm-hmm. You know. Um, 14,000 is a lot though. Is that their biggest house? That would be their biggest house at that point. Yes. You know, it's in the middle of the week, so it is going to be rough, but I feel like they're going to sell out. I feel like people will travel for that. You know, we'll see what happens after though. Um, but, uh, they announced a few matches too, right? Mm-hmm. Um, 
I hit the web page. Cody, right? And uh, Sammy, uh, what's his last name? Sammy Guevara. Yeah, Cody versus Sammy Guevara, right? Uh, we have, you know, Chris Jericho and uh, Mystery Partners. Two Mystery Partners. Yes, going up against the Elites, yes. Kenny Omega and the Young Bucks. Yeah, um, I'm not a huge fan of them, like, announcing matches, mm-hmm. you know, before All Out. I guess it's not necessarily spoiling any storylines. Um, they're also going to have um, the crowning of a new women's champion. I don't know how they're going about that. I don't know if it's going to be a tournament or, you know, they're going to name a number one contender. Yeah, I was wondering, are we going to do a tournament on the show or... I don't know. I'm not sure. And then they'll probably have to do something with the tag teams because the tag team brackets, don't they start by Their tournament, I believe, starts with the first show. So I think that's going to be an ongoing thing. Um, But yeah, no. Who do you think the mystery part? Do you think it's actually someone from the outside that they're bringing in? Do you think it's just the Lucha Brothers? That'd be a fun match. But um, the first comment I saw underneath that was um, the Hardys. You're not fired. I know. (laughs) That'd be great. WWE's (laughs) not letting anyone go who's currently under contract for a while. Um, But I don't know who would be, you know, who would they get from the outside? Yeah. Unless it's like CM um, Punk and AJ Lee. <laughs> <laughs> They'd have to come up and talk to Punk first, you know, in person. Uh-huh. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, right? What did you think about all that? I don't know, man. Do you think it's a work? I mean, it. we're wrestling fans, so we can say everything's a fucking work. Yeah, and usually everything is. <laughs> but, you know, he does have a. Te- they do have a tendency to, like, be that way. I think he was a little harsh, though. I know how you feel about it's punk. punk. Yeah, he's kind of the douche at times. Yeah, um, but <laughs> lovable douche. I lo- I love him regardless. But yeah, no, he is kind of a douche, and it, it feels like he would be sensitive about stuff like that. Mm. But I didn't feel like they were really like they were getting asked questions. Like if people are, you know, asking questions, you know, I I don't think it's wrong to bring him up. Mm-hmm. So. Um, you know, I, I I don't know. I thought he was a little. It was a little too much. But it, it like it, to the point where it felt like could this be a work? Is this part of an angle or something like that? Or are you trying to like get people off your scent? Mm-hmm. Um, so, but I mean, Punk has had those moments in the past. You know, where he said something where people are kind of taken aback by and surprised by. Um, but I mean, he feels the way he feels, and he doesn't you know hold back. So I don't think he's coming anytime soon. It's been five years. I just can't, but my one thing is I can't imagine them not meeting him in person Mm -hmm. to offer him a deal. That's the one thing. Like, there's no way from every, like, Tony Khan's a legit businessman, so there's no way that he wasn't trying to get Punk on the phone to have a meeting with him. Like, that's the one thing that makes me question it. Is you know, I just I have a hard time seeing like Tony Khan being like, "Oh, Cody, can you text you know mm-hmm. Punk an offer?" Because they probably fly him out. Oh yeah, I think Tony would get on a, his private jet mm-hmm. and fly to wherever Punk wanted to be, you know, and meet with him. Because he's he's basically come out and said that he was his number one pick from the get go. So I have a feeling he's willing to offer him anything, you know, whatever mm-hmm. his price is. Yeah. Well, we'll see. I mean, that'd be a crazy pull. It would be crazy. I could see AJ Lee eventually. You Team know. best in the world. <laughs> that would be cool. 
That would be cool. Uh, I don't think it's happening though. No, I, think so. I, I refuse to let myself. Either. No, I could I could easily see like private party coming out with Jericho or something like that. Yeah, I think people will be disappointed though. I feel like if you're doing the mystery partner angle, you gotta have someone. Mm. You know, I just don't know who's out there right now that people are like, you know, dying to see. You know, and who would team with Jericho on top of it? It's Billy Gunn and Road Dog. <laughs> oh God! <laughs> team old man. Oh, you didn't know? Oh, <laughs> um, just one last note. Definitely check out those fucking uh, Road Two series by AEW. Yes, absolutely. Good shit. I mean, definitely. Um, they teased uh, during the contract signing with uh, Sean Spears and Cody Rhodes. Um, there was a little nugget where. It sounds like they had in the contract where Cody couldn't come out with his like little entourage. He could just only have one person with him. Mm. Um, you know, obviously people are going to start thinking it's Randy. I wouldn't be surprised since Tully's in, you know, um, Sean Spears' corner if Arn Anderson doesn't come out with Cody. Mm. I could definitely see them doing something like cool. that for us old-time fans, uh. you know, so... Um, you know, but yeah, no, I, I definitely think there's something to that. The fact that they highlighted that. Do, do, do you get Tully and Arn in the ring? Oh, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think Arn's medically cleared anymore. So, but you know, or have them turn on both of them, you know, do a fucking. It's uh, nothing brain a little like fucking paperwork can't fix. Uh huh, you know right? <laughs> So, well, that's going to do it for wrestling? Yes, and that's going to do it for this show. All right. All right, so as usual, you got to go over to Drama City Productions. Check them out. Those are great guys over there, us included. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, dramacityproductions.com. It's plenty of podcasts for you to check out there. Beyond that, you can find us on all your favorite platforms. That's right. iTunes, Spotify, anything you listen to a podcast on. Um, make sure you subscribe, rate, and review. Like I said before, and I'll say it again, it means so much to a fucking independent podcast like ourselves. So Absolutely. We live off those star ratings. Five stars. <laughs> uh, you can also check us out on our new favorite app, Podcoin. Yes. Go ahead and download that app. You get paid to listen, people. Um, and right now, you can go ahead and enter the code NERDSHOW, and you will get 300 coins up front. And what can you use those coins for, Christian? Well, you could use those coins for, like, little gift cards. That's maybe, right. uh, like, I think Amazon, Amazon and Starbucks Target, is on Starbucks. there. Yeah, yeah, um, absolutely. Or, I mean, you could do the right thing, give it to charity. Yeah, right? Yeah. <laughs> You're an awful person. <laughs> an awful person. But yeah, I mean, digital currency, you can't mm. do better than that, right? And you get entertainment like us, right? Exactly. Uh, so go ahead and check us out. And we're actually a bonus feature right now, too. Uh, if you listen to our episodes, you get paid one and a half times more. Exactly. Than so. And share us with a friend. You get an extra five points. That's right. And you know what? Tell us, tell your friends about us anyway. Yes. Okay? Even if you don't download the app. But download the fucking app. So, um, moving on. Uh, buy our merch too if you want to support the fucking <laughs> show. <laughs> what a transition. Yes. <laughs> Get your nerd swag on, people. Um, show us some love. Go over to ProWrestlingTees.com. We've got merch up there. Uh, go over to Tee Public. We also have merch there. So, yes. you know, go ahead. Pick, you get tons of styles over there. Mouse pads. 
Jesus Christ, what else they have there? Cups. Like, cups, clocks, exactly. curtains. Uh, Everything for your collection yes, needs. Yes. Wear your nerd show pride exactly. like a badge, damn it. Um, but yeah, so. And make sure that you're stalking us as well. Come on, follow us on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. Yes, we're constantly uh, posting everything that's going on in uh, nerd culture. We stay as current as possible. Um, all your latest trailers, all your latest memes, um, polls, you know, all that good stuff. Yes, so, Keanu Reeves. Yes, tons Just of Keanu Reeves shit. <laughs> <laughs> it's there. Uh-huh, that's right. So, And we'll give you updates on, you know, upcoming episodes. Exactly. Uh, who are we listening to right now? Well, we're listening to DJ Greg Brebner, the best DJ on this show. Definitely check him out. Yes, on this show. <laughs> yeah. Just on, well, how many DJs are there on this show right now? I don't know. We have Greg Brebner and we had Greg Brebner, right? Re- anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Super talented guy from yes. the Chicagoland area. Go ahead, follow him on Instagram at Greg Brebner. And then you can also download free music on SoundCloud. Actually, this very song you can download for free right now. Exactly. So, um, who did we hear at the top of the show? Them Guilty Ace is another local artist um, for the Chicagoland area. Awesome rockabilly music. Uh, they got tons of music up on iTunes that you can download. And you can go ahead and check out a bunch of videos that they have on uh, YouTube right now. Right. So, and if you live in the area, check out a show they play yes. almost every weekend. All right. Uh, next week, where I think we're going to be talking once upon a time in Hollywood, if we yes. get around to it. Life happened this week, so <laughs> <laughs> I was not able to see the movie. But we I should. was too poor. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Buy a shirt for Christian. Exactly. <laughs> Do you want to hear more movie reviews from Christian? <laughs> Buy a fucking shirt. Um, but yes, we will definitely be reviewing Once Upon a Time in. Uh, in Hollywood. We'll definitely be reviewing Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. We'll be giving you that second part of our boys' review. Yes. Uh, I'm probably going to binge the show right after Christian leaves. Next week, also, tune in to hear our preview of Somerset. Yes, that's right. So, uh, so that's going to do it for this week. All right. My name's Christian. And my name's Damon. And that's the Amazing Nerd Show. supposed to go up there. Yes, I am. Uh-uh. Just watch. Bonnie Eames said never to go up there. Bonnie Eames said that's a haunted house. He said awful stuff happened there once. Bonnie Lamb probably won't get out of the sixth grade. I gotta go. I'll see you tonight. Bye. Bye.